Hey gang, Hydroberg here, a cut above horror review. Tonight it's back to business as usual. The brows are off and we are picking films again finally. First up is my pick with David Cronenberg's Videodrome from 1983. The new flesh will be televised on episode 127 of A Cut Above, starting now. Oh, God. No. Hello, and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host tonight, Hydroberg, and tonight we are covering Videodrome from 1983. But first, mm. let me introduce my co-host, John. John, what's going on, John? What's going on, Hydroberg? What's up? Everything Dude, I, uh, you been good? Yeah, I'm pretty good. How about you, man? I'm doing, doing fantastic. I see that our fearless leader uh, has some things to take care of but she'll be joining a us late, she said. later can I, can I also kind of reflect on the past two months that we've had on a cut above horror review yeah um, that was we, a good time had, for reflection yeah we we've had two fantastic months i mean i i don't think i could have had more fun with um october to romero um i think both you and i are in agreement that um if we don't watch a zombie movie for maybe you know a month or two i think we're gonna be fine with that Dude, at least and and your pick last month and i was actually thinking about it a lot today of brow vember i i gotta be honest i i was thinking to myself man this is not gonna be the best month that we've ever had but man did we have so much fun our guests that we had the movies that we covered that was a fun month. So it was. man, keep getting creative with that shit because that was fun. It I was. mean, and all four of those movies I've never seen in my entire life. I know. And it was just like they're so random. They're so like different. Uh it was a good time, man. Like I listened to the last episode recently and just hearing us like break down the four best um like the order of how we <laughs> thought the unibrows went. I'm like, this is so ridiculous to listen to. I'm like, but it's so funny. Like it's one of my favorite times I think of doing this show was that much. Yeah. I agree. I, I think we had a lot of fun, you know, and it's it's it fucking blows my mind that we're actually in December now and I finally get a actual pick of a movie nice. that I wanna watch. Oh yeah. I'm not bitter. I mean, do I sound like it? Because maybe I am just a, a little bit. Just a, a little bit. A yeah. little bit. Tonight's little my bit. pick. I know. It is. What are we watching tonight, dude? Uh, Videodrome from 1983, directed and written by David Cronenberg. Thus continues the <laughs> Daddy Bird. Hydraberg's father. Daddy Bird. No relation, uh, actually. No, well, I mean, if no, there no. is, David, please start writing some checks. <laughs> or do something, you know. Help, let me help you write your next film or something. I don't know. There you go. He needs some residuals. Um, uh, again, it show. continues. Yeah, <laughs> it continues my streak of a movie I've never seen before. Oh, that's right. And, and uh, this honestly was one that really flew under the radar for me. But um, it looks like we've got somebody coming in with us, huh? Oh yeah. 
I originally saw this movie. Uh, the boys at Straight Chillin' covered it. Oh, did they? Mile back. Oh, nice. Yeah, back in the day. Hi, hi Jacqueline. Hey guys. Hi, Jacqueline. How's it going? Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good. We're going. Just... We got the show going. Yeah. Oh, okay. hey. Sorry. Okay, yeah. we're, we're recording. Okay. We're live. We're live. <laughs> we're doing. We're live. Let's do it live. All right. Th- thank you guys for uh, waiting on me. I'm so sorry about that. Absolutely. Don't apologize. Can't start hey, without and, you. Yeah, Jacqueline, well, we were just talking yeah. about like the reflection of the past two months of of how much fun we had with just all these movies that we got to watch. You and know, the creativity uh, of like these themes. You know. Yeah, yeah, October to Romero was a fantastic pick by you, Jacqueline, and then Hydroberg. Step, you know, just kept that elevated, just fun conversation with brow member that highbrow horror highbrow well you know what i just realized i came up with the idea for the romero month but hydraberg came up with the amazing name of a romero an october to romero and he came up with the idea for the the unibrow month and i came up with the name for that yeah member wow look at that symmetry yeah, and this guy over here is just not creative at all. So I'm all right. <laughs> anyway. no, yeah, we you actually it. have a couple of things coming up on the docket that the fans might I, not know about. I, I, I yeah, do. you have some good I stuff do. coming up. <laughs> so, so how you doing, Jacqueline? I'm good. I'm good. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. We only just got into the beginning of the episode, so we haven't okay. even touched news yet. Okay. Yeah. So all let's right. hand it over to our fearless leader. So take over, Jacqueline. All right. John, what's the news? <laughs> oh wow! So good. I, I know you're very excited about this, and I, I think we all kind of are, even though I've never seen the movie. Is that Thanksgiving Two, written and directed by? <laughs> I set it up for you softball. guys. It, you, you knocked it out of the park. Excellent job. <laughs> Eli Roth is coming back to direct the sequel. He's not much of a sequel guy. <clears throat> However, he wants to write the script. Uh, I, I forgot his partner's name that wrote this. I with forgot him. too, but yeah. Um, but he's going to team up with him. They're giving it some time to marinate. Yeah, like a that's like a, a fresh thanks, like a- thanks Thanksgiving turkey, <laughs> turkey. Yep. to, to, to marinate. He wants to come up with the best script. So this movie is not Jeff Rendell. Ex- that's okay. it. Yeah, it's not expected to be released until uh, twenty twenty five. Jacqueline, twenty twenty five. I gotta see it. I know, me too. When I saw that story, I got excited because I thought it was going to come out next year. But nope, got to wait two years for it. I'm the only one who's seen it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm slack. And I did see a movie last week, but I didn't get to see that. Oh, what'd you say? I saw Godzilla minus one. (gasps) I heard that was awesome. It was. It was really good. It's very reminiscent of the uh, original. Yeah. That means good. uh Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Oh, I'm glad Uh, you got to see that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. This originally wasn't a part of my news, but um, I, I'm excited about this because as I started listening to more and more podcasts, I really enjoyed Casualty Fridays because it was it was three actors from the horror genre. It was mm-hmm. uh, Kane Hodder, Felissa Rose, and Tiffany Shepis. They are coming back with Casualty Fridays starting in 2024. So look for it wherever you they get have your some podcast. Great stories. Like yeah, they go on and they'll go on like side tangents while they're talking or whatever they're doing and just uh, start talking about some funny like stuff because they've done a lot of movies when uh, in together, you know, I think out of anybody in the horror genre or, or people that the actors and producers and directors that really embraced um, horror, I think Felissa Rose would be the one person I would want to be. 
um, just because she seems like a sweetheart mm-hmm. and she she For loves sure. horror movies. You know, yeah. she started when she was 13 years old with Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. And, you know, she, she's got so many stories. She's a producer. She's a director. But, I mean, I just... One, one, one person I'd really like to... That and uh, <laughs> John Carpenter and Robert England. I think those are the three I'd really like to meet. Yeah, Robert England. Excellent choices. Yeah. John Carpenter might be like, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know that's part of the experience it's yeah, kind of yeah. like kind of like people who go would, to that restaurant where people hurry up. You, you know? <laughs> like and that. Then he, he would play you off with the sin score um so i'm excited about that so it's, yeah, it's great cool. to see more more horror podcasts coming out and and them coming back is fantastic so big love for them um kind of uh horror adjacent beetlejuice 2 has just wrapped filming Expected to come out September 6th of 2024. Of course, we've got uh, Winona Ryder coming back. We have Michael Keaton as the titular character. We've got Catherine O'Hara. Love her. Wow, have you ever seen so- her in Schitt's Creek? Of course. I heard she's Don't great, be ridiculous. Seen it. You've never seen Schitt's Creek? No. Oh, my God. You should try it. So, that's a fantastic character. Yeah. But we do got some heavy hitters coming our way in this movie. Jenna Ortega. and Of Willem course. Da- and Willem Dafoe are going to be Dafoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I don't know. How do you guys feel about this? How do you feel about? I want it to be excellent. Like forty years later. Yeah. It's. It's. There's no way it is. I almost feel like there's no way that it lives up to the hype. But I've been proved wrong. I'm like Blade Runner twenty forty nine was one of those movies that was made a long time later, and I thought it was going to be trash, and it ended up being really good. I don't yeah. know. And it's Burton doing his thing with this cast again. It is Burton for sure. Yeah, they okay. show him on the set, like he's sitting on the set, and then the set looks really cool. Like they show, it looks like one of the office areas of, like waiting areas, and like the, the uh, nether world. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I love that movie. I, I Beetlejuice is like is such a classic. It's special. Um, I, I'm with both of you guys. I, I I'm excited, but I'm very hesitant. It is you special. know, ca- cautiously optimistic. I guess it's okay. a gateway movie. Yes, like, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just give it to somebody and be like, "Here, yeah, I think you're a good age to watch Beetlejuice." Yeah, yeah. we've come for your daughter, Chuck. That was actually a really good impersonation. That was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. Well, that's interesting news. I'm not going to say that's great news, but that's interesting news. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Jacqueline. I mean, it's it's the end of the year. There's not a lot of big things coming out. Um. I think at, at the beginning of the year, we're going to start seeing a lot more. Um, I'm really excited next year to get a little more about Maxine. So, yeah. Yep. 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 Same. All right. That was, that was interesting news. Um, yeah. So Hydraberg this week, we're talking about Videodrome. It was your pick. This is, this is the first time any of us has had a pick since September. <laughs> yeah. In nine weeks. Yeah. So Whole two months for John. Yeah. And, and both of the rest of us. I know it's just John, John, it's John, just John. It's true we one? did pick the. <laughs> it's true we did pick the themes, but the films kind of like picked themselves. Well, I picked the movies for November, so I kind of, and then I kind of said, well, which way do you guys want to, you know, order them? But uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, Sorry. it's it, we're back to individual picks, is I yes, guess what are. I'm saying. So Hyderberg. How does it feel to have the first pick in like nine weeks? <laughs> I don't know. I almost wish it was John's just so he would shut up. Yeah. Or just, <laughs> just feel, good. Hey, feel good. Feel good about picking. I just 
That's I just got done complimenting of our past two months of That's how true. fantastic this has been. I know, but you keep okay. complaining about not had a pick. He's like, two months, I haven't had a pick. He's like, okay, I'm on both sides of the fence about it. Hold on one second. <laughs> I'm just teasing, John. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. No, no harm intended. I'm no, none taken, and I've got my pick next week, and I think you're going to love it. I'm excited to see your pick next week. <laughs> so anyway, Heidelberg's yes. pick for this week is yeah. Videodrome from David Cronenberg, 1983. Yeah. Hydra Berg. Why so did you just, pick this film? I picked this film. Uh, I bought it a while ago on Criterion. It's been sitting on my shelf. I really wanted a reason to I watch it. I got it when we Wait, got you'd the... never seen it before. No, I had seen it, but oh, I just wanted okay, a okay. reason to watch it. You know, my new okay. version. Uh, okay, got it. And um, yeah, I I got it around the same time that I got the brood, and we covered that. Mm. Um, I don't I don't remember what month that was. It was like March or something like that last uh, earlier in the year. And um, I don't know. I really like Cronenberg, and we haven't done that was the first film that we've done of his, and we've done some of his sons. Yeah, Brennan. So the, the two good ones. Yeah. We don't speak of antiviral around here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just thought it would be a good time to get a Cronenberg film in there and Videodrome I thought would be a cool, like odd one. And then it turned out John hadn't seen it. So it's sort of, you know, it's almost like a Cinemigos episode. It's double bubble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's Cinemigos. This is my fifth week in a row that a movie I have never seen in my entire life. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. You're getting, we're, we're all expanding our horizons around here. You haven't seen the entire, uh, catalog of Bravember, so. <laughs> That's fine. None All right. <laughs> well, fellas, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about this. Does Videodrome fuck or suck? Hyderberg, you go first. It's your pick. All right. You meet a woman at a work thing and you get talking <laughs> and she seems into you. You guys head back to your place where she unleashes on you the most torrid night of sensual erotic horrors your eyes have ever seen. Give in to the new flesh. This one fucks. Oh, yeah. You got me a little turned on there. Oh, boy. How about you, Jacqueline? <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you next because you no, have it. It was your first uh, watch. Oh, oh yeah, I've, yeah. I've got some things to say. I Go am ahead, sure Jacqueline. that I am positive that you do. <laughs> um, So I had a little uh, family incident uh, in the in the hour or so leading up to the show. So I didn't actually prepare anything clever to say. But I'm going to say this is a fuck that keeps you coming back for more and more and you discover new things each time and you gradually peel back the layers of the onion and it just leads to this like depth of experience that is i think uh tough to match anywhere else so this is a solid hardcore fuck john please tell me whether you think this movie fucks or sucks i like a little kink and some sex absolutely um this is a little too kinky for me. I, I, I'm going to say that this movie fucks, but it leaves you with some sort of venereal disease that <laughs> oh you actually God. do want to come back for. Oh, whoa. It's, it, it's very... Like there's uh, some mixed messages here. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's one of those good venereal diseases, you know? <laughs> it's one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the ones <laughs> The one that, that gives you superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> the one where you're sitting at the end of the bar. No, I'm Clap just man. No, 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 no. Clap, no, 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 no. Oh my God, that was funny. no, it, it, it was <laughs> man, this movie was fucking kinky too. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give this a fuck, but it's just like that it's not really my thing. 
Okay. What, but I respect the art in it. Um, okay. It just felt really kind of, there were points where I just felt dirty and it was like, oh, like, Barney. well, seeing Blondie's, never mind. Um, Isn't that why we're here? Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, no. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. This is not the most solid fuck, but I'm. I'm gonna give it a fuck. Okay, that's cool. I, I respect that. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, John, can you drop the spoiler warning for us so that we can get into it? Will you guys please clarify what year this is from? Because I, I, I read that it was filmed in 1981. It was. And I've seen it was 1982. released. It was released uh, very, very early in 1983. Got it. Okay. We're talking about video draw from 1983 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, get a towel, and then come <laughs> back to find out what we thought about it. Yeah. You had me like on the edge of my seat because yeah, you had that like low, sexy radio voice that I was like leaning in to hear more. And then you said, get a towel. <laughs> get a towel. Get a towel. <laughs> Clean yourself up afterwards. Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. I already on, did. Money's on the dresser. <laughs> I I'm, yes. I'm i'm positive that i know the answer to this but do you have a reach around plot summary for us i do i have right. a uh the one thing that wasn't in this movie yeah. a reach around <laughs> the reach around wasn't in this movie there was a dildo was there remember yeah, the, the little the, japanese, the japanese? Um, oh yes 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 it's in my notes. that's right yep. i forgot oh, because it's yeah because <laughs> it's hidden for a while but yes it's in my notes it's, okay, it is but first let me give you a cleverly disguised. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's funny. You got me good. Okay, <laughs> ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> Max Runner Man, who's on what seems like an impossible mission to televise the human condition with video nasties, he'll decimate all competition. Channel 83 will reign supreme inside the world of Max Ren's dreams. Broadcast to make you scream. A tortured woman screams from oblivion to the obscene. Down a rabbit hole of sadistic pleasures. Metaphysical transformation shed the old flesh like feathers. Cuts in the skin inflicted with leather. How far is too far and when will you know? Everything is worth it as far as the show. Hallucinations take over, now anything goes. Vaginas and stomachs and a gun for a hand. Max ran a lost man in a analog land. Embroiled in a nefarious plan. A broadcast not just meant to persuade consumers. Brainwashed into assassins and infected with tumors. Convex behind all of the rumors. Max shakes it off, now he's back from oblivion. Handles old Harlan with a handy abdomen. Blows him to pieces through the room they were in. A pistol becomes bonded to skin. Max runs in circles, convex they progress. Puts three rounds inside him, his death is success. Death to the videodrome and long live the new flesh. Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. was... You stuck the landing. <clears throat> Thank you. That okay, was outstanding. Kind of gave me a little chill. Before we get into this, um, and... I know I'm very dumb when it comes to social commentary on movies, but is this about consumerism or voyeurism? What, what What's the theme of this in your guys' opinion? I think I mean, it's both. It's sort of about like media too, media how we consume con it. Yeah, and, media consumption specifically. Yeah. I don't know about like material consumption. And but then like how that media. could be used, I feel like too, to like sway the masses a certain way yeah. with suggestion or subliminal messaging or whatever you really want to. Uh, hallucinations in this case with video drone. Well, I, I agree. I agree with all that um, completely. Uh, and I think there's even more too. I think it's also partially about like the proliferation of technology and how, as that evolves, it's like 
causing us as human beings to evolve like physically um and you know watching this i i recalled something that i once heard my favorite person elon musk say which is he said you know you see all these sci-fi movies and stuff about like cyborgs and stuff like that and he's like but what people don't realize is that we are already cyborgs right now like every single one of us has like a phone that we are like attached to all the time it's either like in our hand or in our pocket or in our bag or whatever and he's like just because it's not literally fused to our flesh yet doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's not part of us it contains like our identities and we can't be without it and we carry it around with us wherever we go and it's basically like a technological like extension of ourselves yeah at this point and i i don't care for elon musk but i did think that was an inter- an interesting comment and so i heard that comment since the last time I saw this movie so watching it again this time I was reminded of that comment and I think it's about like living a life immersed in like media communication Mm -hmm. changes like what we are as humans I think it's like somewhat it's like partially about that which is crazy uh, because this movie is 40 years old that well yeah and it resonates like crazy still like our consumption of media now is even increased compared to then and as mm-hmm. well as like our dependency on it in a sense, like there's generations that have been raised on it now. AI is a thing. Uh, it's coming around like um, and then there's people clutching onto the analog ways still, you know what I mean? Desperately trying not to lose that uh, physical media and, you know, old devices, stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Well, and to be honest, I think that's a losing battle, not like the yeah, physical media thing, but people who are resisting like living an online life or or having to like conduct everyday tasks Mm -hmm. you know in an in a technological capacity like my mom is in her 70s and she cannot like deal with that yeah (laughs) she's just like incapable of living life that way and it's it's catching up to her well and and i love what you what both you guys said about that is because like throughout the movie um every character is like asphyxiated on a tv or a camera you know i mean i mean even even deborah harry blondie you know, she's always looking into a camera, you know, breaking that fourth wall, looking right at you. However, she's in character looking at James Woods. James Woods' TV. I mean, uh, you know, Max's TV is like always on in his house. With yeah. Like at least the white noise, if if not something else on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just and like I could imagine any TV in the 80s, probably in any home would be on. Sure. And, and I could imagine, you know, what TV became very you know, a predominant in every household, probably what mid seventies where everybody had a TV, you know, and it started becoming color and I feel you know, like everything blew up sitcoms yeah. and everything else. So this was kind of like at that peak where everything, you know, commercials and stuff like that, the, the way it was filmed was really brilliant because it was like commercials or, you know, like cut-ins and, and, and talk shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is kind of sort of spliced a little bit there. Uh, I do like because like we get the brand name for um or the saying for Civic TV, which is like the one you take to bed with you. You know, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's a great the TV uh, move on all night. Little like, tagline watching you. And then I like when he wakes up. He has a uh, cold pizza crust dipped in coffee for breakfast. <laughs> coupled, yeah, coupled with uh, some pics of maybe someone having a fair an affair or something. It looked like. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's. Oh, looking I think it was it. like a porno. It was a porno shot from that Japanese show. Yeah, 
It was oh, a stone. Was it? it was okay. a stone oh, that, from the Japanese. Oh, from the Japanese. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I just I because the like, next. Okay. Because the next thing is the next scene is when he has the meeting, okay, and he's like, yes, eh, "It's yes, too yes. soft." You know. Well, okay. so, yeah. I I didn't understand what was happening at the very beginning. You know, I thought he might have been a private investigator, like he had taken pictures oh, of yeah. somebody having an affair. Yeah. No. Um, those those were still shots from that's the what Japanese. It did look like. Yeah, that's right. Now I'm connecting show. it like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So it was like a little taste of the what he was going to meet the guy. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like reviewing his notes or whatever before. Yeah. The meeting. Yeah. yeah, that's what that my first watch, you know, that that's the assumption that I had that he was some sort of private investigator. And I can see I, how not, it definitely looked that way. Not really like looking what's going on in the movie, but I thought there was a really interesting scene at the very beginning is that the woman on TV is talking directly to him. You've got a six o'clock meeting, Max. Now that's, You've got this. That's Bridie, right? Yeah, that's his girl Friday. <laughs> yeah. Is it Friday or Bridie? Bridie. Her, her name is Bridie. But oh, okay. have you heard the term Girl Friday before? Oh, no, I didn't know. It's kind of like an assistant to a guy. Oh, like, yeah, okay. That's why to, like, Iron Man has TV his assistant shows. named Friday. That makes sense. It's and it's, Well, the, it's like a position. Like, oh, this is my Girl Friday, Judy. Mm-hmm. It's, your Girl okay. Friday is kind of like your your assistant in, in okay. your like showbiz thing. Like a right-hand man type thing. Gotcha. Kind of, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, there was gotcha. an episode of I Love Lucy back in the 50s where she was, like, a Girl Friday on... Um, huh some like she got like a job on as a girl friday on some guys like news an show interesting or something. Term. yeah i don't know where that term came from but so her name is bridie but she's his she's yes. like okay. it's your it's your trusty girl friday yeah, now, so i'm sure i'm sure that he, that's that was like a little tongue-in-cheek thing i i suspect that he just calls her like his his assistant yeah. or something like that but so he has his meeting with the japanese salesman right he's selling like mm-hmm. outlawed videos samurai mm-hmm. dreams i think it was Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, let's talk on it Uh, young kimono wearing Japanese woman undresses a figure a doll it looked like revealing it's how she hides her dildo I know I put costumes on all of mine I was like wow that was pretty impressive I was fairly realistic hold on on a second (laughs) like Christmas time you have a Christmas tree to decorate it or something (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. see those like toilet paper those dolls that people would put on toilet papers like the toilet paper was like a cover the little covers crocheted and they look like a woman with her dress I'm I'm knitting a cover yes yeah so it's like that's what I do yep yeah that's hilarious (laughs) okay I yeah I put little army outfits on mine you know what I mean right now it's like elf on a shelf they're like rugged Nice elf on a shelf. They're just out and about. Just don't let the kids find ready it. for the holidays. Yep. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is um. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it reveals the dildo. I just thought it was it was fairly realistic looking, except for the abnormally shaped really, head. It was it, was it looked like a long. swollen jelly bean. What was going on with that thing? It was it was quite long. It was. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, oddly shaped. I don't, I don't know. know. Hey, maybe girl, that's what she likes. A, maybe that's a what girl is. likes what she likes. I mean, it's, man. No, in that shape, yeah, here. it probably does wonders. But it, looked it hits her G spot. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah, that's probably why it's shaped like that. But yeah, this so movie is so softcore pornography, man. <laughs> it gets sexy time. Yeah, and she starts pleasuring herself. So he buys the videos for his risque cable channel, but. They're too like soft for him when he finally like really gets down and looks at them with his like. Part and th- that's what we find about James Wood later in life. He's just kind of a. Never mind. Let's talk about the movie. Are you just calling James Woods a dildo? <laughs> I guess. Well, his last name's <laughs> Woods. <laughs> James Wood. Uh, but you know, I think it's interesting that he's looking for something that's like next level. You know, mm-hmm. he's not looking yeah. for the same old, same old soft core like you know heavy breathing stuff he's looking for something that's like 
just the the next level he that like that's it, the next hasn't been wave, taken to and yet. he wants to get on it like before before his competitors like he wants mm-hmm. to have something that his competitors don't have that people yeah. want to watch and that's yeah like you said i mean does wave. does he seem like an abor- a, a, a porn person like just somebody that that's just you know depraved I mean, not or is he just looking right for off. ratings? You know, because he's the president of well, this UHS I channel. I think it's about business. I don't think he himself is necessarily like a sexual like deviant, not, but not not true though. Because I think later, he is a little bit, but he's more he he's more like closeted maybe, or he's not even aware of it himself. Like it I'm comes not saying he's not kinky, but I don't think he's yeah. like deviant in a dangerous way. Like I don't think he's oh, dangerous yeah. in no. real life. Is that's what I was getting at? Yeah. I, like to me, kinky is like fine. Kinky is like healthy and fun, and if you know, done safely. Absolutely. But I don't Absolutely. think he's like an actual deviant in any way. I think he's just looking for like something that's going to sell and get viewers. I think this is like a business pursuit for him. And maybe if it happens and to tap into some like his own, own personal kinky desires, then fine. But that's I don't sure. think that's the primary driving force. His convex even says that to him later, right? Like, was it? You know what I mean? Like, did you? Oh, he's like, I watched the mo- I watched the tapes for business purposes, and he's like, oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah like no well, I, I, like, and stuff. like to reflect on what Jacqueline's saying is that that you know he has that hallucination of he's whipping the tv the tv that's almost alive and he yeah. thinks it's blondie or blondie's character it's deborah and, in the room nikki and then when he goes around all of a sudden she's the tv now right but but then Wait, it is that when masha's to... in the tv is yeah, that that's that's is? when the yeah, yeah the, the other woman like in the like team. the older woman goes there and he wakes up and she's bound and gagged and dead in his bed. Uh-huh. So he, he calls up Harlan. And he's like, "I need you to take a picture," which was weird to me. Instead you know, of calling it's the like, police, yeah, not calling the cops and and having his his sidekick come he over wanted and to, take like, pictures. Document it. I don't think that's weird at all. I would not want to call the police if I found a dead body in my bed that I might be blamed for. I think him calling Harlan over was not necessarily to document it, but to like see if he saw if Harlan could see what he saw. Because I think at this point he's not sure what's real and what's a hallucination anymore. I think he needed somebody else to put their eyes on it. Yeah, but he tells him take pictures, like as if he knows exactly right. He expects it to be there, and it goes both ways because Uh I mean he woke up terrified. He he woke up terrified, like seeing her in the bed and just like. You know what the fuck happened? I thought this was just a dream or a hallucination, whatever it might have been. But it just seemed very strange to me that he would call Harlan to take pictures. And yeah, Harlan like, comes in, he's like, "Okay, dude, you want me to take pictures of your, your sheets and your pillows, and that's it?" And he's just like, "What the fuck?" Um. So I had a question when they find the uh when they find Videodrome for the first time, there's like a satellite dish. Is that Harlan's like secret? lab where he does stuff or is that the i wasn't sure if that was where the um cable company is i think that's harlan like the same area with like an illegal satellite yeah that's right that's his pirating area right that's how he like picks up all this weird shit i got the vibe that harlan was never a part of the tv station that he's got he's a pirate you know he's He's just a pirate that woods goes to i guess yeah he's not even yeah i i I don't you know, he he's that makes more sense yeah okay yeah yeah he's getting paid under the table and then he's a plant anyway so, yeah for a yeah, convict he's a so he's with that that squad but i like the uh leather tie that uh our guy uh max is wearing when he goes to see him <laughs> he's got this like maroon leather tie oh I really like, that's i didn't a, notice that's that. a vibe right there <laughs> that's it's a fucking dad vibe 
No, that, they, <laughs> there were leather, there were leather ties yeah. back in the nineties. I know. You know? I, no, I remember I don't going remember to that at all. I remember going to homecoming, and it actually had a zipper on the back instead of having to tie it up. It had a zipper on the back, and oh, you just like, pull it up, and, yeah, and that looks like a very nice skinny leather tie. Mm. Really? Mm. Oh yeah! Wow. So we get our first look at video drone right which is this yeah, woman being show. beaten yeah and like a, it looks almost like a shower slash like dungeon area or something of that nature uh Hyderberg, it was a red room yeah it was a red room it was like yeah. orangey sort of uh it's like clay uh yeah and it's like bathed in orange and the men are wearing like these blue lab type outfits like and they're hiding their identities and they're mm-hmm. choking her and cattle prodding her it's pretty disturbing yeah and then they just lose the frequency. It's almost like when you're young and you're trying to look for porn. Yeah, on the Scramble Channel. Scramble Channel. <laughs> like, oh, we all remember the Scramble Channel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Spice TV. Yes. Oh, yes. Spice TV. Damn. Taking Are it back. Are you guys back. having a memory right now? Yeah, you oh, kids yeah. Ha- nowadays have no idea how good you have it. <laughs> it's just out there. Yeah, um, if, you, if you've got an internet connection, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys think of this um, appearance that Max has on the talk show where he meets Nikki Brand for the first time? And his kind of the host is like kind of accusing him almost of like contributing to sort of a deteriorating of society. But he makes the argument that indulging in like sex and violence on TV is harmless. It's like a harmless outlet for these kind of human urges that we have and he says something later he's like uh better on tv than in the streets yeah like it's like the same could be said for like video games and stuff like that too like violence in those as well well i i think when he goes on that talk show i think he really is just just like okay this is fake you know and then you know as the movie progresses you know the character becomes more and more you know entrenched in this whole yeah well we meet brian oblivion in that moment too he's there via telecast uh he's they that call was him interesting the, to the me. media that, prophet they call him yeah it, it was interesting to me the way he was on tv the whole time yeah he said he only goes on tv to through tv but we find out yeah. later why that's so yeah, yeah. exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. um and then we get we get introduced to debbie harry's character and might i add wowza just <laughs> yes uh, when i saw her i had a heart of glass i mean man <laughs> i'd let her rapture me but yeah you originally mentioned... written by rob zombie oh nice i <laughs> like you that got it. that was good so good. yeah you mentioned reina asks um i like the way she worded it too but don't you feel such shows contribute to a social climate of violence and sexual malaise i like the wording you know yeah yeah sexual malaise if you will and i know you will you will mm. oh yes you will, you will. <laughs> hmm. it's a melange melange of it's a melange of malaise but the idea of malaise. overstimulation and like craving it that's going on right now yes i am so Everyone. glad you said that i i i picked up on that line too because yeah. um uh nikki says oh i live i live in a constant state of um extreme overstimulation or something to that effect and it's like yeah we're we're all like that right now we are all receiving way too much input at all times algorithms targeting us all this stuff yeah Yeah. i mean we're basically like quietly under assault all of the time um and i think the thing about that is like that overstimulation it like it wears out your ability to perceive these stimuli like 
overstimulation leads to less stimulation. And so yeah, you seek out more stimulation. So you seek out more stimulation because it, it weakens, you know, once, right. you, once you acclimate or habituate to something, you need more of it. And I think that's something else the movie is talking about that this, like the, the, the stuff we crave through our media has like an addictive quality to it. Absolutely. And I, and like you guys said, you know, it really applies to today, you know, because if you hold your significant other's hand, you know, it used to stimulate you. Now it's just like, oh, this is what we have to do. Let's do something different. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, let, let's go above and beyond. Now I'm curious, have we ever seen a character like Nikki in a movie like previous to this? Because well, I, it, it, it seemed way? very progressive. It seemed very progressive yeah. to me. Oh, and, like you know, this is my pers- like how comfortable she was he, with her. Absolutely, you know the fact that she was like she put a fucking cigarette out on her, um, her tit, bodacious, her, her tatas. That was a hot scene. Say. It was, and she just looked at Max and the like. Look at me. Yeah, it almost looked like he was going to do the other one. Like, like uh, I don't know. Oh, he took I think the he cigarette. Was disturbed. I think yeah, he, he was, was a little disturbed. disturbed. He was like, "That's I don't tough." No, I don't She's know. Tough. It's James Woods. Come on, but yeah. <laughs> I he do played Lester. This story is relative in an '80s backdrop as well as like contemporarily, like right now. I just think it's like it's so amazing that this is just like, yeah, it doesn't need to be the '80s. It's like he could have set this in the future if he really wanted to. He could have said, "This is a future I'm thinking that could have happened." You know what I mean? At some yeah. point, but he does kind of place it in the '80s. It's sort of like a a different version of the 80s yeah, a little bit it's a but, slightly different version yeah, but his, I, it, it feels 80s to version, me yeah well something i found out that i didn't know um after you know after watching the movie when i was just looking up trivia this is like kind of considered to be part the first movie in a very loose trilogy for him that kind of continues with these themes the second one being existence with um jennifer jason yes. lee from like 1999 which i haven't seen oh yeah and, no, I haven't. And then the third one, again, it's like a very loose kind of thematic trilogy. The third one is last year's Crimes of the Future, which I also haven't seen. Yes, but that, that's that's like kind of a culmination of some of these ideas. So now knowing that, I really want to go back and watch Existence. And then um, Crimes of the Future has been on my list for a year and a half now, and I just haven't gotten to it. <laughs> yeah, I just, but, I did, I've seen both of those. You have what? What yeah. do you think about that? And like, without spoiling I mean, I it see... too much, but like, do you see a thematic link between them? Well, both of them have something to do with like societal stuff going on. Um, Are they like it... specifically about like media consumption and the advancement of technology and the human yeah. body? Well, yeah. existence has something to do with that. It's like this game that you drag into, sort of. But um, oh, do you like pronounce surreal. it existence? I feel like a dummy now. <laughs> Wait, what? Do you... <laughs> Uh, I don't know exactly how you. I felt like okay. that's what it's. It's supposed to be like a play on that. Like it's supposed oh, to be existence, okay. but it's just spelled like. Ex- I forget how they say it. Yeah, oh, extend go or whatever. Sit in the that might be how they say it in the movie. I saw it a while ago, recently too, because uh, G Baby on waxing, uh, the porpoise covered it. Ew. So, but yeah, it's 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 an it's it's not his best, but you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh interesting for sure. I would watch mm-hmm. it. Um, okay, it's got Jude Law in it. All right, that's so, a plus, I guess. You like him, yeah. Um, I do like here too that like Max calls uh he calls Nikki out on her dress causing overstimulation, mm-hmm. and then asks her out for dinner. I thought that was pretty smooth. It's pretty brazen. I love the line where, um, the TV host is like, "Don't you feel that he's a menace?" And she's like, "Well, I don't know if he's a menace to society, but he's certainly a menace to me." Yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, it's interesting. There's like a chemistry between. I thought there was a decent chemistry between Woods and uh, what's her name, um, Debbie Harry. Yeah, the most part. they don't spend a ton I, of on-screen time together, but when they do, it's 
It was definitely like they've seemed comfortable around one another. Um, I, I liked yeah. here too. Dr. O'Banion speaks on how he won't show up on TV and he uses a TV name, right? Um, yes. And how we all will use different names soon. And I thought that speaks now on screen names and handles. And we all have our own devices and social media platforms that we have names on. Our gamer tags on video games. Hell, Hydroberg is my name, right? That's yeah. where it comes from. Yep. And I, I like that this film 40 years later is speaking on our current culture like so easily. Almost like it's like he knew it was going to happen like that. Well, it's kind of rem- remarkably prophetic. Like he's the prophet yeah. here in a way. Um, he's a vision. And it's almost I like think, well, I really, agree, I really agree with that. Um, but it's also kind of sickening to think that like Cronenberg sort of envisioned this. I mean, you he could sees argue the ills like, and things. He doesn't yeah, necessarily see like the bright side of everything. Yeah, yeah. but like to, he sort of created this hellish vision of where technology can take us, and we have fulfilled that. Like we mm. fulfilled the lowest expectations. Like we didn't yep. rise above anything. Like no. we have at, we have fulfilled exactly what he envisioned and for we've this had movie. And like movies we could to have... tell us not to do it. We've had Terminator, and here we are right now about to create Skynet and whatever. I don't know. Yep, I know. We don't we don't listen. We're not good at taking the warnings. <laughs> So, but yeah, I think, but, so it's a little bit disappointed. I'm a little bit disappointed in us, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I think he's a visionary. And I think next to like Carpenter, I think he's one of my favorite like uh, horror directors. Oh, for sure. I think he's slowly gotten there. Like he was definitely Cronenberg was definitely a, a director I wasn't as familiar with. Like I started hearing him more when I was listening, started listening to Straight Chillin and really mm-hmm. getting into horror more. And then I mm-hmm. learned that like, oh, I had seen a couple of his films, but I hadn't known that he was accredited to him. Like I had seen The Fly already and stuff like that and i knew of scanners but like once i've started seeing a lot of his movies i've seen rabbit i've seen um shivers i've seen this one i've seen a couple other ones but uh, i like his other films too have you seen dead ringers Hmm? have you seen dead ringers yes i did a long time ago yeah crimes of the future uh i mean not crimes of the future i did see that but um History of Violence and uh, Eastern Promises. I also really like. Oh, Those are like more. Yeah, straight up dramas, yeah. though, right? Yeah, and they're yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, but yeah, so this movie, I think, has a real like. There's a very menacing kind of undercurrent in the atmosphere of this movie. Uh, I find it disturbing. No matter how, I've I've seen it. I don't know how many times now, and I I always find it disturbing. It there's always this feeling that there's like. You know, it gives me the feeling that there's like something below the surface that we can't see. Like just the idea that there's this like pirated radio yeah. or TV signal that's coming from somewhere, that this is going on somewhere to like actual people. But meanwhile, just probably like a hundred feet away, there's people just like going about their lives, you know, but there's this very sinister kind of underworld that's um disturbing to me. And the other thing about this movie that's really disturbing to me is this idea of like corporate control or like corporate corporations behaving as people and attempting to like usurp control over the masses yeah basically like that's an upsetting idea and that's yeah. definitely what's going on here to feel and like the, a bigger agenda that they have i know, i feel that too you know consumerism uh, when james wood woods runs into that guy um it it's a front for like a um low income glasses or prescription glasses something like that Mm -hmm. yeah he said we make third world glasses and inexpensive third world glasses and um missile guidance systems 
Yeah. You know what that, you know what that, the the owner, yeah. You know what the owner reminded me of? He reminded me of the guy from um, Halloween three. Okay. Daniel. uh, I mean, uh, what's his name? Oh, Ben. No. What's what's the guy's name from Halloween? Oh, Oh, you know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. The, the, the Irish guy, right? Yeah. The guy you're talking about here is Barry convex, right? The the owner of uh, spectacular optical corporation or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, he's like very, a guy who seems smooth, but he's really got this like evil agenda. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's like but, corporate. But he, yeah. But he's like, 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 so non, uh, he has no emotion, like yeah. emotionless. When he, when he's talking, mm-hmm. he's just smiling and let's do this. Okay. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Can I show you what's it going to take for me to get you to drive away in this luxury uh, sedan here? He's Why don't you put that over. big triangle thing on your head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, so there's like there's multiple competing forces here. Um, there's you know Barry Convex and the the corporation. What's it called? Like Spectacular Optics, optical, uh, optical spectacular corporation. What is it? That yeah, Spectacular that. Optical Corporation. Yeah, that. <laughs> so there's like they have a certain goal and agenda, right? Mm-hmm. At odds with that, though, is Brian Oblivion, who used to be kind of like in he league was the with them. Of yeah, he was like. Yeah. Uh, you know, a collaborator with them until he came to understand their, you know, kind of evil intentions. And then he tried to pull away. Um, But like his original intentions were less sinister, but I don't know that they're less disturbing. Like my understand, my interpretation of the Brian Oblivion character is that he wants to like move humanity forward in that like evolutionary step that i was kind of referring back to with elon musk and like we're all cyborgs already with our phones learning to like conquer hallucinations right yeah that like he wants humanity to live basically through technology uh, like that it's preferable to live through like television than like actual reality which to me that also kind of has shades of the matrix Mm -hmm. but i mean look at us right now right we're looking at each other through screen yeah <laughs> but that like that it's preferable like that's the future of humanity is to live mm. life through media communication as opposed to real life living during and the pandemic it was <laughs> it, it certainly was uh. and i find but like as a to have that as a goal for humanity i don't see it as like sinister per se but i do see it as like disturbing misguided like, i'm not necessarily like all on board with that you know what i mean and like learning to harness these like hallucinations and he's like i believe my visions cause the tumor not the other way around like ooh, that he's that he wants to like engage in that is um like questionable (laughs) to me well he thinks yeah the tumors are yeah gifts like right yeah i i don't know if this is the right word but like um you know um action by suggestion Mm -hmm. you know maybe that's what it is it's just because James Woods, once he gets like deep into it, 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 he's very he's highly susceptible to suggestion. Yeah, like the of, cassette like, tapes. There, I don't think they're really cassette tapes. They're sticking in his abdomen, and it's it's weird because then, fucking Betamax. I and I there are moments where the abdomen Betamax thing is real, right? Like he takes yeah. out Harlan with it, so I, mm-hmm. it's weird. Are the cassette That's tapes? The thing. Really there's the thing like a they... there's a blurring, I think, between like reality and yeah. and the or hallucination. They just know how to like tap they're, into they're his hallucinations over. with subliminal mm-hmm. things. Like now that we've set you up through Videodrome, now we can tap into you, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah. put that insert, and then 
Well, again, That's I kind of think it's like being in the Matrix. You know, like once yeah. you're hooked up to the Matrix, they can just like upload yeah. whatever program they want. And now I know mm-hmm. Kung Fu. So, yeah. Um, what did you think of the um, when Deborah comes? I mean, Deborah, um, Nikki comes to his house and they watch video drama and she's like stimulated. She gets like hot watching it. She says well, I think that's natural up. for somebody who says that they're overstimulated all the time. Yeah. And this is like next level. Uh-huh. Now, of course, yeah. I think for Don't us nowadays, it doesn't seem that extreme, to be honest yeah, with it you. Doesn't. But I... for <clears throat> 40 years ago to, you know, in the in the early 80s, I think that well, Max would... still thinks it's fake at this point, too. That's true. He doesn't think it's real. He thinks it's. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like I, that was that was fine. Again, he's sticking a needle through her ear and he's licking the yeah. blood off of it. And it was just they like, have this like central scene of like him hurting her, but in like a pleasurable way. And then yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of hot. Yeah. Well, it's Deborah Harry. <laughs> the kissing scene, though, was kind of rough. I don't know. Like the way he's like kind of slobbering on over her face. It just like. It was very he's noisy. Like, he's like, ooh, he's canny. <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh, the, sl- the slobbery nice noises, callback. I think, were maybe like dubbed yeah. in. It was like a little too wet. I don't know. But a little um, ADR that action there. <laughs> yeah. But well, and also here's how was... you know I'm at how's here's how you know I'm in my 40s when he's like sucking on her ear that she just pierced. I'm like, you have so much bacteria in your mouth. Yeah. It's gonna get infected. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gross. <laughs> like, I'm in my mom era. <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a cool scene, and they envision themselves like on the floor in the torture room in mm-hmm. yeah. the video drone, like when they're doing it. So that was cool. that was a nice. I like that camera shot. I like that transition of that. I thought I thought it was very you know telltale of what's coming up later. Um, I agree yeah. with Jacqueline. It just it it wasn't hot. It wasn't like I'm not saying it's not no, hot. I was just worried about bacteria. That's all. She said yeah. it was hot, but she was worried about bacteria. So. <laughs> Um, and you know what? During that scene, I was also thinking like, this must have been like kind of a daring movie for them as actors to mm-hmm. like put themselves in these positions and do this like very kind of out there material and to be like fully naked and yeah. doing this weird like wild stuff. I mean, weird and wild for the time, you know. At the time, I mean, not, yeah, to not, put it on now, in a movie and perhaps. stuff like that to bring light to it. I'm sure it's. But, like, I don't know when for James... Debbie Harry, who wasn't really an actress, you know, that that's that's my point is that Deborah Harry is, you know, she's a rock star. She actually she's... did put that cigarette out on her titty. Like, I don't think it uh, it wasn't even Stop. part of the scene. She was like, Psh, fuck that. <laughs> all all that cocaine. Harry. Yeah. All that cocaine back in the 80s. I felt fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, Max meets this gypsy woman, like gypsy type woman. She sort of like gets her get some tapes also or. uh the videos but he doesn't really like he's not really into her tapes they're so sorry are you talking about masha yeah is that who she is yeah she's not a gypsy she's from another country (laughs) no but the way they portray her she almost comes across as like a gypsy like the way she speaks to him and like she gets him like these goods she's bringing him goods i don't know i just thought that seemed gypsy is a weird word choice but okay i'll go with it <laughs> well i the video that they showed was almost like a uh being at the hugh hefner playboy mansion you know it was just a, a bunch of topless women and you know people roaming around and just having a little get together i guess mm. but she does and, say that she'll try to get them uh uh video drum right she'll try to figure out where it came from Mm-hmm. I'm curious about that because they mentioned pittsburgh is that a little homage to george romero no, I doubt it, but maybe. I mean, could be. Uh, I mean, I would say like if this were like thematically similar to the dead movies in any way, or if it were a zombie movie, I would say probably. But I don't I mean, know. At the time it, it came seems, out, it I mean, this be. is very like Canadian. I don't know if it's like. I know, but, I, but yeah, who yeah, knows? Actually, 
Like of all yeah. places, Pittsburgh, maybe. Yeah, I maybe know. It's right. just it, it. It seemed just Pittsburgh's out of the blue. Up there that... too. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He just looked and he was like, "Yeah, Pittsburgh's not far from Canada. We'll we'll put Pittsburgh here." And, and no knock on, yeah, and and no knock on New York, Nick or Heidelberg. It, it's it, like back in the eighties, I guess that that was considered like the bad place. But I mean, I never have seen an eighties horror movie where it's like you know Pittsburgh is like the you know don't so, go there. Oh yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> don't. If you're no, thinking I, about I, going I, to Pittsburgh. Don't don't. don't. <laughs> you know why? You'll see a zombie. If you see a zombie, don't touch it. <laughs> Even if it's a hot zombie and you want to have sex with it, don't. <laughs> don't let it hug you. If a zombie wants to hug you, maybe just one hug. <laughs> but after don't. that, don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh so anyway, the not not gypsy lady, uh <laughs> she finds video drone. And this movie is a little racist, right? He's got gypsy ladies bringing him stuff. The Asian guy sells him DVDs. It's sort of like, I don't know, sort of fucked up. They're just mm-hmm. people. Like, yeah, they're know. just people. Tropes. Damn, Toronto was like dirty. I don't think gypsies have a reputation for um, being pornographers, and I don't think she's a gypsy. Not pornographers. Just because you sell stuff. The people that made the film, they're pornographers. I'm just oh, selling. Wikipedia DVD. called her a pornographer. So. Oh, Wait, is, interesting. Okay. Is I thought she was like Canadian? a producer. Yes. I didn't realize she was okay. the same lady dead in his bed. I didn't, oh, yeah. Because she looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looks different when she's beat up. Yeah. So no, that's. Like yeah, that. that's Masha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now I know what she. And that's from. her on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. That I really whipping the TV. Yeah. yeah. And that's an awesome part. But uh, so then he. Yeah. He goes to um, what's it called. He goes to uh, Pittsburgh, even though she she kind of warns him not to. Uh, she says it's like kind of political. Like I got the idea, like oh, it's political. Don't get involved. Like whether it's real or fake, you know, it's it's most likely real, and it's you know, you don't want to get involved in that world. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, yeah. So uh, Nikki's like, I was made for that show. I'm gonna go on. Yeah, she and even like, lies. Don't. Right? I think she says she has business in Pittsburgh, yeah. and that's she's not like, even the real thing. There. Yeah, she right. says they're sending me there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she just went there because she was so enticed by it when she saw it. She's like, I gotta be on mm-hmm. that. She's like a, a sexual thrill seeker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. S- sadomasochistic thrill seeker. I she isn't. Yeah. She's a masochist. Mm-hmm. And then so this leads us to Professor Oblivion and that he's, you know, w- where we find out that he's behind part of Videodrome and that uh, what is uh, he has a mission, right? Where that he runs mm-hmm. and now his daughter runs it. Mm-hmm. And we see all these like tents sort of like cubicles sort of set up with like TV sets. Yeah. It's like a soup kitchen, but it's like a TV Kitchen. Yeah, they sort of like look they, like they go there just around. to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like to get. It's almost like to get their. Dose it's almost like they're TV. feeding them with TV. Yeah. yeah, or play like a morphine clinic. Like here's your fix of TV. Yeah, and she do you says, have any? Uh, just real quick, with the name Oblivion. I mean, is that the? Is that intentional or was it just? Well, that's his game. Sure that's like his hand. That's his like fake name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but his daughter's name's what? Patricia Oblivion or Bianca. something like that. Oh, yeah. Bianca, that's it. So she's just taking that on too. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. they're, you know, their handle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's their hacker name. No, I'm just kidding. Oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna say and, something, Jacqueline? Uh, yeah. And so when he's kind of looking around at the mission, she says, "Oh, what? My father thinks watching this will help him patch back into the world's mixing board. Mm-hmm. Um, the derelicts—they're suffering from lack of access to the cathode ray." Oh, interesting. Okay. And yeah, they treat the TV like it's a conduit, you know, for, mm-hmm. for like the new message or something like mm-hmm. uh, there's mm-hmm. different sort of culty vibes. There's like, 
I don't believe, like I don't know. There's like not a right and wrong uh, party in this movie either, in my opinion. Like well, obviously Bianca is more. Yeah, she's not really trying to. Uh, she wants to take down, you know, uh, spectacular optical fucking corporation. Get a better name, guys. What the fuck? It's, it's, it doesn't Stop. roll off the tongue, but uh, but yeah. So that's what I was trying to say before. Is that like there's competing forces here? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the corporation is. And they both clearly, use Max. Yeah, they do, and like spectacular optical is is clearly evil but that doesn't by default make brian oblivion and his daughter and their followers like the good guys you know like i'm uncomfortable with their message too like feeding homeless people with a steady like stream of tv watching to like i don't know like uh, you know just get them to suckle at the teat you know like it's just um that's that makes me uneasy as well. Like that's yeah, that, it seems I, odd. But but that, I agree that there's not phrase. necessarily a right here, but I I think that there is definitely some wrong. And she reprograms right, but, him. In yeah, a sense but but that's the her point. assassin. It, like 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 what's the point of like say goodbye to the old flesh and hello to the new flesh or whatever it is. Death to video drum. Long live the new flesh. Well, that's yeah. Sarah. So, and, so so that, so that's him like going down Oblivion's path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but, like yeah. the new it's... flesh being like the next evolution of human but beings. But does he go down like it willingly, or is he involved. also just brainwashed to follow that? I think totally he's, pro- he's, bro- he's programmed at that. Yeah, point. because he Absolutely. kills himself in the end, right? As if, mm-hmm. and it's almost like imagine her using him as an assassin, and then he's programmed to kill himself, thinking that that's the next level. But well, all they programmed done is just gotten rid of the evidence. Now the assassin's yeah. dead, and they they show Nikki like saying that you need to take this old body and you need to become the new body yeah, you know that's and manipulative that's, yeah she's yeah. telling him to like kill himself yep exactly right like, that's fucked up yeah i have a thing here uh damn i'm trying to find it in my notes and i took way too many notes for that like this might be my notiest movie ever i'm cool with it let's fucking do it out together this is my first uh, watch and you guys said just watch it don't take notes and i went okay i'll watch just it a, I went, yeah i just wanted you to like experience it i feel like you got to watch it several times to like Really well, and I think you know maybe this conversation will kind of help sort it out. I wish I'd had a conversation about this movie with somebody like the first time I watched it years ago. <laughs> but um, um, like I said, in you know, in my fucks or sucks, I feel like every time I watch this, I'm always like untangling another thread. I find it like really complicated. Do you guys find it complicated? Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit. It's like you can. I feel like this surface level, you can kind of just watch and get lost and like, oh, this is a trippy movie. Uh, it looks weird, you know, weird stuff's going on. But then, yeah, once you start, like you said, the onion sort of the layers of it all. And the, there's more than one theme at play. Mm-hmm. I Maybe I was dozing off, but did Harlan actually blow up? Yeah. And, he well, like puts his hand in and then when it comes out, it's got like a bomb on it attached to his yeah. like hand. Oh, like, is that what that was? Incendiary device, yeah. Yeah. And then it like blows up and it blows a hole in the wall. <laughs> Just a little bit funny. I'm sorry. Oh, here but... it is. Uh, when Bianca tells him um, that he's now the video word made flesh, death to the video drone, long live the new flesh. I, I was looking that up just to see that term. And it's um, there's a part in the Bible and uh, it says John 1 14. It reads, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The plain Does that meaning mean Jesus? of those. Yeah, this the plain meaning of those is that the second person of the Trinity who was always existed now took on himself our human nature. He who is God 
now also became a man incarnation mm, okay so, okay so i gotta watch this movie again because i did not pick that up at all well, i mean i didn't pick it i didn't hear it I'm like mm, that's word of, but, but i just like <laughs> it seems like there's more to that so i was like looking it up i googled it because yeah. i was like the word made the the video word made flesh i was like the way it's worded seemed interesting so now I, that you say that, Hyderberg, it's got me thinking because they do call him a prophet, a media yeah, prophet, a media prophet, uh, Brian Oblivion. And you said somebody said earlier, maybe it was you, Hyderberg, that like the 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 whole Brian, the like the Brian Oblivion followers, like it seems kind of culty. Mm-hmm. And I did read in my trivia, sorry, I'm going to spoil a trivia fact, um, that he was based on, like he was, or at least inspired by, um, I, yeah, Jim I Baker, that. Jim Baker. Ah. Oh. The, the evangelist. Oh wow! Yeah, and so yeah, like putting sense. those pieces together, it it almost feels like this is like a religion. Like he's leading a religious cult, and he has mm-hmm. these weird ideas about how humans should live. Yeah, you know, and like the evolution of human beings with like the the visions that technology creates for us becoming like physical, like physically manifested, and that is like the biological evolution, like the next evolutionary step of humans. Okay, well, that, like to me, and again, my first time watch is that it sounds like evil versus evil. You know, who's who seems better, but is still just as evil as. The well, I mean, other they're one. they're both using video drone to yeah something that's not necessarily uh you know one side is obviously worse. They want to kind of like quell society and purify people by killing, sure. putting tumors in people's brains. And killing most of them, but also it seems like triggering some of them as like sleeper cells, like when they need them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They the way they can just suggest like because there's like another level at one. That's what complex uh, convex says to him. What, oh, you're ready for the new or whatever it was or mm-hmm. the next, and he sort of blows it off. And then they have that moment where he pulls out the tape and it's pulsating and breathing, and the the fucking wind hits james woods's hair and his cheeks yeah. that's the picture i sent you earlier today where that was funny <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't i did notice that the tapes got more and more like like human fleshy. or fleshy yeah, yeah the last one is like really like, grotesque looking. they became way more organic organic yeah. like as time grows as he became more entwined with machinery mm-hmm. in a sense too. yeah mm-hmm. yeah the, the two things are becoming like one and the same and yeah you know it's interesting that you said it that way um like evil versus evil and how they're both using videodrome for like different purposes and it feels like the like the oblivion goal like or the oblivion purpose for for videodrome is like almost like almost as a curiosity like what can i make the human race it's like human centered like what can i make the human right race become mm-hmm. but for spectacular optical it's more about like political control yeah mm-hmm. um so that's like more external, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, Jacqueline. I mean, Oblivion, you know, seems like they have uh, good intentions because they're bringing in the homeless. However, what are they making them watch? TV? They're programming yeah. Them. yeah. They're making yeah. them dependent on their beliefs or whatever so that they'll have right. more followers. Most making likely. them suckle yeah. at the teeth. Exactly. You know? yeah. Well, yeah. if so you guys like- remember what Stephen King said about television, he calls it the glass teat. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he calls I can it see the that. glass that's teat. Fine. And he's like, smash like your said, TVs. people raised on it. Yeah. yeah, he says smash your TV, smash and buy your my TVs books. and yeah, and get rid of the glass TV. Except keep like, one TV around for any movies that are um, licensed by my, yeah. my 
Yeah, I have however, a feeling he's like, this was like back in the 70s yeah. that he said that. So however, now. when the internet came out, Stephen King likes to chime in on every movie oh, he that loves comes out. The tweet. That was good. He loves yeah. the tweet. Everything I love good. his tweets. Yep. Yeah, some of them funny. Um, so yeah, we get Max kind of just like, he doesn't believe Bianca or Oblivion, what's going on there at first. The first time he goes there, he's sort of just like, eh, you guys are full of it. And he goes home, but he does have that tape, right? He watches the tape from the professor. And that's sort of like an eye-opening moment because the professor almost speaks to him right through the tape. And then, he, mm-hmm. you know, we find out that the professor's been dead from his yeah. own tumor. Mm-hmm. And Which is really these creepy tapes to were me. just extensions of him. That, and his daughter's been sort of perpetrated. Like, the interview that he had at the TV station was his daughter probably picked that tape. And, oh, yeah, she, like, manages had, which yeah, tape managed goes where for which yeah. appearance and yep, edits, keeps his, edits them yeah. together. Yeah. And his yeah, his stomach just opens up into what looks like a maw or like a vagina, sort of. It looks yeah. like it a definitely really looks vaginal for sure. And then, of all things, he just decides to stick his gun in there. He's like fucking around with his gun. He's got his holster on. Well, I think that kind of speaks to this like sort of human fascination that we have with our own bodies. Yeah, and like even if it. it's not Smell like it. yeah, like like right now, I'm kind of like squeezing a zit. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I can't stop squeezing um, as we speak. Uh, like we can't help but <laughs> like pick at things and poke at mm-hmm. things and like oh that's where the body horror comes into play. There's something I can squeeze here. What like what can I get out of it? There's something yeah, I can pick off. Sticking things here. in other 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 objects. Well, like I don't oh god, Jacqueline, it's all over the screen now. Whoa! I oh, mean, <laughs> sorry. Um, like I mean, if like a giant opening opened up in my stomach, I mean, I'd probably stick something in there. I don't know. Don't like food, don't clip maybe. that. <laughs> Yeah, please do. Please. Yeah, he do. sticks the gun in there, and then like, but you it know what I mean? His like, hand. I'd, I'd want to like episode two hundred. That's our favorite line. And then it releases. Yeah, <laughs> we'll end the. Yeah, we'll end our two hundred bash. With... If I had a hole in my stomach. I'd stick something in there. <laughs> a Betamax. Yeah, but yeah, it's weird. Stomach kind of heals, it. and I guess it heals around the gun because the gun disappears. So like, and that's where the gun comes back later. Yeah, or I almost feel like the gun like stops existing for a minute, or so. I don't well, know. It's like everything's very the video drawn fluid hallucination. You know? So at this point, we're, yeah, like, we're led to believe that he could just be hallucinating. This yeah, like maybe thing. he never had the gun in his hand in the first. He has place. the gun, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't put it in his stomach. I know that he has one. He misplaces it. He like... uses it later. Yeah. Guys, con- can we can we mention one fact? The okay. best special effects maker, other than like- Tom Savini, Rick fucking baker did this movie yeah oh my gosh he's some so cool good scenes too did, he did uh, american werewolf in london right yeah before the no yeah no wait hold on was it after this no because they filmed this in 81 and oh. uh, american werewolf in london came out in 82 right yeah so i don't know i don't know which one was filmed first though yeah he definitely did werewolf he did, he did the think so Oh, maybe I'm confusing the two. Sorry. No, no, no. no, no I don't no. know if he did. Rick the Baker Halloween. did. Rick I know Baker there was did. one where one of the guys couldn't take a job or something like that because they were on another job. I remember. Yeah, seeing he did. Movie. He did American Werewolf. Okay. He okay. Did. Yeah. I don't have to turn in my horror fan card. Nice. He also did Thriller from Michael Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's oh, awesome. Yes. I love that. Under thing. I like John a year Landis. later. <laughs> so we meet. We meet Convex here. He calls upon Max, and they pick him up and. Uh, we've you know we've learned about that company, the spectral whatever spect 
spectacular optical corporation sock. I I love that scene though, where he gets in the car and yeah. it's like like Max is just like freaked out because he's talking directly to him. Yeah, you know, it's on a little TV the monitor. Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. I and he wants to study Max's hallucinations, so he places yeah. a helmet on Max. And I can't mm-hmm. believe they keep it in a box that says "fragile" in marker several times with arrows pointing up. Like they just moved it. Like they just moved there, yeah. or had it in the attic next to the Christmas stuff. Like right. it's the prototype, and they had. Did you see the box, guys? Yeah, yeah. It was just like fragile, fragile, and then like, like no wow. styrofoam, like mold, custom molded, you know. Protect, yeah, no, no, or like stuff. a briefcase that opens up and smoke comes out, and here's our fucking prototype. <laughs> is that how you pronounce it? I thought it was fragile. Fragile, yeah, Italian. Must be Italian. It is. It is. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. I was like, damn, bro, like, is this thing important or not? Like, is it next <laughs> to your mom's old china in the attic, or like, what? I'm the just fuck? like throwing it around, yeah. like dropping it down the last two <laughs> stairs it would have been funny if they put and there's like a piece of garland in there or something too like oh shit <laughs> yeah, some tinsel like oh yeah. let me just pull this off here <laughs> that's so from max, last year max wears this sort of like vr helmet which if you if you know trivia it david cronenberg is just standing in the scene he actually wears a helmet i think oh, i don't know if really? james woods was, wasn't there for the scene or maybe he's claustrophobic or well, something I read that both Cronenberg and James Woods were nervous about the thing, like worried it would like short out or something. And well, so maybe they, he put they it on got a double. Like, hey. Well, I, I know. I they read got that... a double. I didn't read that the double oh, was said, Cronenberg. It, I read that Cronenberg sat in. Oh, for maybe him. I read it wrong. He's unaccredited in the. Uh, oh. If you look in the IMDb in the cast, he's at the bottom, and it says helmet. Scene. Oh. Okay, maybe I just I I think I just misread the wording. Um, my yeah. trivia fact says David Cronenberg had to double James Woods. So does that yeah. mean he yeah. was the double? Yeah, he doubled. Oh, James okay, yeah. okay, for the scene when he puts a helmet on his head because both were afraid to a point that he might be electrocuted yeah. by it. Yeah, I like, exactly. even, if even I... David Cronenberg was afraid that it was, then why did he do it? Like, well, because he's like, yeah. it's my movie, so if anybody's yeah. gonna go electrocuted, it's it'll be me. So Jacqueline, I know you're not a gamer, but there, there there's a game out there called Silent Hill. I or is I it Silent Hill? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all right. So the second it. one, he looks like Pyramid Head. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy with the big axe or the the big sword. Thing. I thought he looked like he got a tomato on his head when it lights up. Like, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's a funny set, but I do like what Convex says when he leaves him. He goes, "You'll forgive me if I don't stay around and watch. Mm-hmm. I just can't cope with the freaky stuff." <laughs> <laughs> like what? He's there, just sitting there in well, the room with the fucking helmet on. Well, I so and I think that's orgasm when they have it on or something. Well, but I think that's. That's an interesting that leads to an interesting point, which is that they they make a point to say that like video drum, like video drum can be anything like it can be any image. It could be a test mm. pattern. It could be a little like, you know, field of flowers or something, but that it's like images of violence that um, like kind of open up your neural pathways and allow the signal to get through and cause mm. like the the like most intense hallucinations that yeah. it's like well, they say the if... tumor is what causes the hallucination so video drum just puts the tumor there is what it seems like yeah so like it gets through better if yeah, the yeah. the image that's triggering it is is the is like violent in nature which is still like a thing now they say you know oh don't you don't hold the cell phone up to your head too long all day or use bluetooth headsets or whatever like you're sending waves through your brain you're going to cause tumors in your head like so like that's not far off honestly that a piece of technology would 
eventually affect your you physically you know what i mean like that's well yeah it's like believable enough that like a lot of people are scared to like put their phones you know hold their phones to their ears or put it in their pocket um but next to their balls i did read that there's i did read a (laughs) recent study i did read a recent uh, article about a study that showed a link between having your cell phone in your pocket and men having lower sperm count. Yeah, not lower sperm quality, but lower sperm count. Mm. So, mm. so they still taste good. At least I don't even know what to <laughs> you say. Said to quality. That. <laughs> oh my god! I meant like in terms oh, of I fertility and I ability to like. Oh my god! Well, I had my cell phone. <laughs> where, in my yeah, hey, we're doing a Cronenberg film. It's a dirty. Film. What if he drank some pineapple juice? Yeah, yes, pineapple juice. <laughs> no exactly. Exactly. I don't think it makes a difference. You know what I loved about this scene is the transition. Is that that once he started having the hallucination, and you see um, Nikki Deborah mm-hmm. Harris' character come into the come picture. in, and I, I love the transition of like it got clear, and then yep. all of a sudden it got into that like sadomasochistic like whipping thing. You know, it where was, he's that, is, the, that was a really cool transition because he's like looking it at was really it's very eight bit sort of. It was, and yeah, it, yeah, it, it did feel like an Atari game all yeah, all of like a sudden Nintendo. into like a clear. Yeah, I get I got to give Rob from Cinemigos slash um, uh, Circle of Jerks podcast. He gave me his login to Criterion, and it <gasps> looks so good. It oh, looks yeah, so good. Don't you love the Criterion channel? I got that. I got a subscription for myself earlier this year for Mother's Day. I have the. I'm never getting that. I I'm gonna take Rob's. I didn't <laughs> get. To, I, I'm gonna read the booklet on the inside. I. I was gonna try and read it today, but I didn't get a chance. I was too, and then but I had something come up. I couldn't yeah. read it, but I'm sure they always have good essays. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. always good essays in there. Cool. The Rosemary's Baby one is good too. Nice. Yeah, no, but that that I like to me that transition of that camera shot was really good. You know, yeah, it did feel it, it it did feel very 80s, and then all of a sudden I went, "Whoa, that's that's very cool." Yeah, yeah. So the whole aesthetic of this movie is really pleasing to me. It's just like really like pushes my buttons in a good way. Like it has a very, very 80s feel to it. But at the same time, there's a tinge of like futurism to it just because of the technological subject matter. And something about that fusion just like really works for me. And the fact that they have this like fusion of flesh and tech, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hallucinations. I like it a lot. And like just aesthetically, one set that I really liked was when James Woods goes to that like banquet that's being held by the corporation and there's like very kind of deep red carpet with some kind of pattern on it and then there's like the dark brick wall something about that is that that aesthetic is really pleasing to me i i'm not a fan of like the sort of current aesthetic where everything's like white and like Mm -hmm. beige and everything's like super bright like it kind of gives me a headache i like more like kind of darker dimmer interiors do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so there's something about that 80s aesthetic that just really works for me but the, the, there's also a very nice color saturation that almost felt yellow to it, too. Yeah, it is very saturated, which is also very pleasing to me. I don't like it when things look washed out. No. Yeah. Also, this is, uh, I would categorize this sort of as what, what I think you said on Possessor. What was it? Techno horror or something like yeah, that? Right? Yeah, that is what yeah, I this called is, it. definitely has uh, elements of that, right? We're yeah. dealing with technology. and Well, Brandon obviously took from his dad. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Rightfully, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't see why wouldn't you? And, I I agree with you, Heidelberg. I, I I think that that uh, Brandon actually took more maybe the color saturation of it 
for this film and Possessor have a lot of similarities. Like, like absolutely, the that bugs mm-hmm. in the back of your head, uh, and someone yeah. else, like yeah. your identity is, yeah. you know, can be, and you're jacking into someone. Well, yeah. it's uh, Jacqueline. You kept saying it. It's almost like the Matrix, you know. And th- this felt kind of like that, where mm-hmm. you know, Possessor kind of just elevated that, where it's just like this. <laughs> it's the Matrix. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's paying a little bit of. Of of tribute to that, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we do find out, like you said, uh, that the so Harlan, we find out that Harlan's a, a plant, right? Because like uh, James Woods' character says, after there's nobody in the bed. Oh, you can see my dog. Nobody's in the bed. He said, "Well, Har- um, <laughs> I can see his nose. <laughs> uh, what's his like, What's his name? Max is like, well, if you taped Videodrome last night, I was I should be on it. So meet me at the lab. So they go to the lab, and that's where Harlan. Uh, tells him that there is no tape, nor was there ever a video drum, that he was a plant basically by convex and that they were pre-recorded tapes. So it was like a taste of video drum, but ha- video drum had never actually gone live. It was like, right. So there is video drum, but it's, it hasn't been yeah. out on like a public yeah, like, signal. They, get, like they put it on the signal. tape for him to see sort of, but there is no video drum that he's aware of that, like a signal coming through. Right. Right. Yeah. Like the show exists, but it's, and like that's why they want private. him. They yeah. want his channel 88. They want to use yeah. that to broadcast their signal. But like now it's ready for the masses. Mm-hmm. Well, and Harlan, Harlan also makes a point. Or, or actually, uh, Max goes, Harlan, you never watched it. And he's like, nope, I didn't. No. And then they call <laughs> yeah. him, uh, Brian, I mean, um, Convex calls him out on watching it, basically. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. he calls him out on killing Oblivion. You know, he's like, well, you fucking killed Oblivion, you freak. And then <laughs> they, uh, yeah, so they plan to put Videodrome on Channel 83 and use it so they can basically kill the scum that they were kind of saying, you know, like people that are into this sort of violence and stuff like that. They want to get rid of these kind of people. Yeah, it's almost like a them. cleansing, like yeah. a, a social cleansing, which is very icky to me. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I love the part, too, when he does give him the tape where Convex is like, you're ready for something new. And then the tape part happens. I like his buttons just like fly off his fucking shirt. I don't know if that was the wind or what. Just, and then his stomach just opens up to convex. And he's like, open up to me, Max. It's very sexual. Um, yeah. Well, and then it's like, like it, towards him. It's all, have you guys seen the movie? And then he penetrates teeth? him. But yeah. Have you guys seen the movie mm-hmm. teeth? Like yeah. his stomach slit almost becomes like a vagina dentata. Yeah. It like so it chomps does. off Barry's hand. Yeah. That was weird. I, I mean, yeah, the body horror looked fantastic in that, okay. but I mean, it was just like, it. what was I looking at? It looked like yeah, a club. It's weird. And I will say that after the scene, Max is crawling on the dirty floor, like on his stomach. And that's very unsanitary if you have an open orifice in your stomach. I wouldn't recommend that. Bacteria. There's a lot of dust and stuff on the ground. Yeah, ask Jacqueline about bacteria. Yeah. I'm very concerned it, about bacteria. <laughs> yeah. At this point, though, we can hear the tape that went into him, whether it's real or not, or just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. It's in his brain now and it's telling him what to do mm-hmm. and we get that moment where he's uh it's telling him to kill his partners and give them convex uh, basically meaning convex channel 83 i guess he has to sign it away to them so this is how they're going to do it or whatever i don't know um and max pulls that gun out all of a sudden from his manny pack <laughs> uh yeah that's what i call it a manny pack <laughs> he just pulls the gun out all of a sudden like out of, out of the blue and it's metal starts like Binding through his hand and into his the flesh of his arm, mm-hmm. a melange, if you will, of man and weapon. Uh, yes, a melange. Yes. It's that an early dude... effect that I think 
it's a little that, dated, but it looks cool still. No, dude, I love that. I, I loved I, I like when he pulled it out and it's just like it's dripping down, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you see those those things going into his those arm. little tendrils like coming it. out of him. And I like I that the, they keep the thumb that. moving so it looks more real because the bottom fingers yeah. look a little fake, but yeah. the thumb placement looks real. And I like the way at least they move that, they articulate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have no, I have no complaints about that whatsoever. It's cool it looking awesome. just to see those things kind of like dig into his flesh. And then when we see that moment of like some of the tubing under a hole in his like wrist, it just looks cool that meld of man and weapon. It's so one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That was one of the it. weirdest moments. That and the the videotape in the stomach, I think, are two of the, like. Yeah. The first time I saw this, I was like, "What is going on with this movie?" And Harlan didn't just think flew about it. the film as much as lot. I did this time. What'd you say, Hedberg? I said the first time I saw the film, it was more of a surface value kind of watch. You know, I kind of just watched it and let yeah. it watch over me. And I was just like, damn, this is a lot going on. I think there's more going on here than I'm aware of off the first watch, to be honest. In a way, John, I actually feel kind of bad for you that your first watch is for the podcast because like you got to watch it and then talk about it. But I feel like you have to see it so many times to like really get everything out of it. And so it's like I, w- I wouldn't want to like talk about it on a podcast the first time watching it but that's all right Jacqueline I I, like for me it's yeah I I could watch this again and I know I'd pick up a lot more on it but I mean I'm not really familiar with Cronenberg I I love the fly you know if we've ever if we ever did that movie I I I would yeah you weren't on our brood episode have you seen the brood missed the brood episode have you ever seen I, the movie? I, I saw it a long, long time ago. Okay. Um, you know, there's a few movies that I've seen of his. You know, uh, Eastern Promises. Oh, yeah. Dude, oh, I love that movie. movie. Um, it's just, you know, uh, in Heidelberg at the beginning, you you were talking about that, that Cronenberg is one of your favorite directors. It's just like, I don't get it because I didn't, I haven't seen every, yeah, okay. things that he's done. Um, yeah, you know, so again, this, this we'll is the first watch. We'll cover more of them on this, on our show. But I didn't fucking hate this movie, man. It was yeah. just, it, it was so much fun. Scanners, I've seen. I was just um, going to ask you, have you seen Scanners? I, I, I think I this have. movie is superior to Scanners. I, I totally think, agree. I think it's better Scanners, made, yeah. Scanners is, has two good scenes in that movie. Yeah, and then you it's know, a little boring. Kind of, like, really. It is, okay, that's exact. Those are my exact it thoughts. Is. But it's I was got a, a really cool premise. It. Yeah, um, it's a slog. Yeah, I mean, it, is it really is. It is. You're right. I think the pacing's better in this. Um. I feel really. We get the scene where Max kills his partners, where we see that he's actually under control of Convex, and it, I thought it was a pretty cool scene the way he goes back into his office. And we see at that moment, we saw his hand change, and then that moment after that, it's normal. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a gun in his hand; it's hidden like a normal pistol would be. Yeah. When he kills them, it's a normal gun. Yeah, so he kills the two partners, and I thought the scene was played out kind of weird. Like Bridey brings him into like another room. Like clearly, he just got there. He went into the room where the partners were. Gunshots went off, and then he's the only guy there, and he mutters like they killed themselves, and that's it, it. he puts, but he puts his hand in his jacket like he got shot too, and then yeah. he just runs out. You can see he's got the orifice thing or whatever. So I, she's sort of like, "Oh, are you hurt?" I think he's sort of like rubbing that. I don't know, or he's putting the gun away back in his mani pack. I don't know, but it's weird, like because she's just sort of I don't know, very naive. I think she really likes him. Um, it sort of plays out I mean, that way, the way she's willing to like go at. I don't know, like hide him in the other office for a moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just like escapes and he's out and about now. And that's when he goes to he confronts Bianca at the mission and he pulls his gun on her at that time. At that point, it's like the, the full tumor cannon. 
and it's massive and it's like i mean like anime massive it's pretty oh my god yeah that's very upsetting to me the anime (laughs) the the, the tumor kind of the tumors yeah that's sort of what it is yeah it's it's weird but uh, i love the shots of the tv though i mean it's just very interesting the way that was done you know because he sticks his face in the in the tv but i mean again it's 81 i guess when it's being filmed and he sticks his face into the tv i thought it was really cool and i like the sound effects you know because you know that wet kissing you were talking about jacqueline but it was actually very cool the way he did that you know or the way it was shot from yeah when when blondie was on it yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and like he's touching caressing the top of the tv and it looks almost like there's like a flesh nature to it and then yeah yeah exactly right it's weird it's like definitely weird that'd be the scene where i definitely wouldn't want like somebody walking in the room while i'm watching it <laughs> and they're like what the fuck are you watching i'm like i don't know the, 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 like the shot <laughs> itself like the the special effects looks like he was putting his face between two butt cheeks or something like that like, nice. they probably were yeah, they were butt cheeks that were wearing like pjs that had white noise on them those oh, white oh. noise pjs from sears joey oh, happened dino- to walk d- dinosaurs Joey happened to walk through at the moment that um, Barry Convex was like exploding with tumors. And he's like, he just walked through. He's like, that is some fucked up repugnant shit. And just kept walking. (laughs) Some repugnant shit. It was cool looking. It's just like, it didn't make any sense. It's very disgusting. Yeah. It didn't make any sense sense of like, like, okay, so he's postulating. So so like the bullets that he shot him with, they're supposed to be like tumorous bullets, right? And then so that they they hit the, yeah, because he shoots him with like the tumor gun. And then that shoots like tumors out. That's the and then basically they multiply once they hit him, right? So he plugs them like three times, one through the head. So I don't think he would be moaning and groaning as much after that but i like that when the look leaves uh, the convention center like you can hear the the hot mic still on yeah and you can hear him still like it's like really gross yeah dude rick 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 baker did killer on that special his face like opens up and it's like oh my god it looks realistic his teeth just kind of starting to pop out oh yeah oh it's really gross and there's just all these little tumors like wet tumors popping out of and they like kind of jiggle a little bit yeah (laughs) that's like one of the most disgusting things yeah i I gotta watch this again because it's just like i didn't pick up on that i love how it ends though too with that part where he's just like he's scared of max when he sees max you know he comes he's doing the like this like just normal ass convention for like eyeglasses i guess just trying to keep the front on i guess he's the you know he's the guy who would like the voice of the company and yeah, and Max comes up there and just basically assassinates him mm-hmm. in front of like everybody. And it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck and then just like jetted out. I'm out. Yeah. I just love how the tumors just start flying out of him. They're really gross. <laughs> yeah, they and are. I just like how Max grabs the mic real quick and just like holds his cannon in the air and just says, uh, death to the video drum, long live the new flesh. It's just kind yeah. of bad. And then he drops the mic and walks out. Yeah. Kinda... It's a pretty badass little motto. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, like they're rebels or something almost, you know. I like. Yeah. I almost want to believe that like Ob- Oblivion is the good guys, you know, in a sense. I want to feel that way too. I don't but think they are. Like if you really think about it, I don't. It's just I don't gray. Think it's more yeah. of a gray area on their side, but it's still not right. Um, 
Yeah. Because no, then they, go, he kills himself after anyway. Yeah, go back to the homeless shelter. I mean, what are they watching? TV. Yeah. I and mean, when he kills himself, it's not it doesn't seem like he's like, oh well, I have a tumor in my head now. I'm gonna die soon. I might as well just kill myself. He's still being spoken to from a TV from Debbie Harry, who's actually dead. Right, so, like, because that's the oblivion oblivion company yeah, saying that's still the that, subliminal you, method. you know, it is. You know, it's yeah, take care of yourself of, now. Yeah. Now yeah, you, so you don't know. Wait, we don't so find that's out. Oblivion's of... message to get him to kill himself. Yeah, because so, yeah. it's like drop. I got the confused old about flesh. that. I've seen this movie like eight theirs, times, yeah. and I still get confused. But then we don't yeah. know. Maybe there is another. The film cuts when he kills himself, and there's this interesting way of like he sees a vision of himself killing himself in the glare of the TV. Y- yep. And then the scene plays out all of a sudden, and now he does it. Now he never lit that fire. He just sat down. The fire was right. out. There was no fire. You know, he just right. sat down. And how did he even know to go to that area? Like, was that a place that they told him to go to after? I don't know. I feel like that was part of the programming. Yeah. It almost like he knew it was there. It's like this abandoned, condemned ship that he went to. Well, yeah. Because it's very specific. Yeah. Right. The the one thing that sticks out to me is that Nikki tells him to get rid of the old flesh to get Mm -hmm. your new flesh. So, you know, it's saying kill yourself. Yeah. You can't embrace the new flesh until we get rid of the old. Yeah. Right. And then so it's like, are we meant to believe that possibly there's a world where like once the camera went black, he there was another. I don't know. I To me, I take it as in like he's just been manipulated and he killed himself. And because of the hallucinations, like I don't even know that the tumor gun was a real thing. Like, I don't even think that possibly there could be a chance that like like he does kill convex, but convex doesn't die the way that we the way we see it is just for us to see. And it's like a hallucination. Well, and then he can interpret dead. Yeah, you can interpret it that that he actually went crazy. He just shot him with bullets, well, not. Well, no, the, exactly. So, so he went crazy. He's yeah. going around killing all these uh-huh. people just on his own cognition, yeah. and then just like, and he's, killed it, himself. It's like exactly, like he's a psychopath too. or yeah. something because of the hallucination. So, like, yeah. there's a gun in his hand, but it's not real. That's why the film, I think, maybe jumps back and forth to moments where the gun's not a tumor gun. Or sure. even in his hand, like he's got his normal hand, so it's like back and forth. Well, and you brought that up is that that there were there were several he's scenes where it's just like you know he he's got his hand in his pocket, yeah. So you think it's the flesh gun or whatever it is, uh-huh. and then he pulls it out. It's his regular hand. He has his hand is so big in certain scenes. Like when he pulls it on Bianca, <laughs> it's huge, bro. It looks like a yeah. boxing glove. I know like, it does. Holding a gun, like with a gun taped to it or something. It looks ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's so it looks something straight up out of an anime to me. Yeah. Like veiny and shit. Anyway. Uh this yeah, is so, fucking movies. Oh my god. I just do love that the mic stays on though, that you can hear what's his name's torment as he's like dying <laughs> or whatever. When like the right. tumors are ripping apart. I feel like there would be no man would be screaming at that point anymore. He'd you'd be done. Like yeah. I got ripped in half with these little fucking tumors. Do you think he was going crazy at the beginning of the movie? Because Man. like like the TV or or his girl Friday was talking to him, like he was already insane. I don't know. Oh, so you think like she wasn't talking at all? I took it as in like technology, like they were able to talk through the. the I TV. didn't get that at all because they didn't really do anything. That's how Jacqueline. I mean, well, we get it with the later when he's talking to Convex on in the in the limo, right through the screen. Well, so. no, he's not talking to him. It's it's just Convex actually pre-recorded that and we find out later that that dr oblivion or whatever was pre-recorded and and that his daughter priscilla is that her name yeah yeah um, but you can talk through the screen though because it was we thought true, that it was but, dr but, oblivion alive at one point too so 
but again, you know, I mean, even when he's in the limo, it's like it, it's pre-recorded, and then it's like he. Goes I don't know that it is. I thought there's. I I took it almost meant like he's speaking directly to Max. Like, I thought that's what you said too earlier that you were kind of uh, impressed that like Max, you know, because Max was sort of taken aback, like, oh shit, he's talking to me. I don't know. Right, you're right, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the that's what Jack was of... saying. This is an '80s, but it's sort of a future-ish '80s. Like, there's a little bit of a, like, the tech doesn't exactly match up with the tech we had in '83, but it's similar, like VHS tapes and stuff like that. But right, the more I think about that first scene, though, is that that he's like passed out on the couch or on his bed or whatever it is, you know, and you hear the the clock ticking, and then he wakes up, and then it's white noise or or it's the the static whatever it is um i don't know i i i, I kind of get the feeling that he was already insane that he was I don't, i'm not saying that i don't think insane. he's insane well he hasn't watched video drum at that point video drum no, is what... but but i also think that that he he's obsessive about like trying no, to find got, the next big yeah he's got that for sure i wouldn't call that necessarily insanity though like i don't know Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe uh, some of those issues he's got is what makes him a primary candidate for uh, these people. Well, also that he's the president of this uh, cable channel. So yeah. that's really what they're after. Yeah, after exactly. And then to use him as a, you know, he's basically used as a martyr by the end mm -hmm. for oblivion. And he was going to be a patsy for the other guys. It seems well, <laughs> dude. the same thing. kind of. You know, what cracked me up, though, is that dude was so bold talking to... <laughs> Um, Nikki, and he's just like, "Hey, I just want to take you out to dinner." And then, like, uh, the the hostess is talking to the doctor, and they're having a conversation, and you hear them in the background, it's like, "So, uh, yeah, uh, no, it's good." Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the next thing that they're like a thing, like they're going out together. Yeah, <laughs> I, I noticed that that whole time. He's like <laughs> hitting on her. He like even touches her. Oh, he's I didn't see that. Forward. Yeah, I think he like even touches her leg or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> And obviously, it, she, she, you know, she likes it, but still, it seemed kind of forward a little bit. But I was also like, it's brazen. It's smooth. You know, he was talking about her dress being an overstimulation. So, oh, that's right. Because it was red. And yeah. Just, and like, a little bit revealing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Debbie Harry looked amazing in this. I also. I don't thought, know. Uh, huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, not necessarily pertaining to this film, but I just thought this film and I think like they live would make for a fun double feature uh, with some similar themes, not exactly the same themes, but similar things going on with like uh, secret society stuff and subliminal messaging and control and stuff like that. And then you yeah. have Carpenter and Cronenberg. So. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I have to admit, I got to watch this again. I mean, I, I know there's a lot I missed. Yeah, I mean, it's just it just feels that, man. I, I I love what you guys what you both said about society and like technology and like the the way it intertwines. Even back in 1981, when this is being filmed, that it just it does pertain to today. Mm. That it just it, it feels like you know you're controlled by something else other than your own thoughts. Yeah, you know? and James Woods was like the the, the perfect catalyst. Or his character was a perfect catalyst for that, where he's just like, damn, you know, and Jacqueline, you said that in healing on that fucking guy. It's like, yes, we're androids because this is connected to our hand the whole time. I mean, some um, some of the phones are literally called androids. That's what I have. Yeah. Sam Samsung Galaxy. I have an iPhone. That's 23. Yeah. 
But Jacqueline, I mentioned too, I thought this would make for a fun like double feature with uh, They Live. There's yeah, simple themes. Yes, uh, absolutely. And you'd yeah. have a Carpenter and a Cronenberg film. That'd be fun. Fucking That's pretty feature. rad. Yeah. Um, Joey loves that movie, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Joey likes wrestling? <laughs> I know. Okay. No, Joey likes to come here, chew bubblegum, and kick ass, and he's all out of bubblegum. That's yeah. right. We mentioned if we have him on again, we should have him on for They Live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think or Browvember 2. Electric Boogaloo. I don't think he was too impressed with that theme, but okay. <laughs> the theme, maybe not so much, but the product that came out of it is oh my amazing. God. I don't know. He kind of rolled his eyes when he's like, are you guys still um, doing that eyebrow thing? Like, yeah. what, what, Did you show him a picture of me with the Einstein brow? No. Oh he, he thinks pretty highly of you. I don't want to damage that. Yeah, well. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, you guys want to rate and review this thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm ready if you are. So Hydroberg. You, this is your pick. Yeah. So your actual pick, uh, first time in a while. So let's two months, two months, two, two months. months. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One second. Okay. Uh, yeah. So pros, some amazing visuals. I thought. Um, I love the world building, like you mentioned, Jack, and the aesthetic, and that Cronenberg manages to develop in this. Um, it's minimalist. Like, there's not much that he's has to. But I don't know, we go from a couple different locations and it's just sort of the stuff they talk about and they kind of introduce us to this world very easily. And I'm sort of wrapped in it like right away. And it just feels like natural, even though it's like, you know, science fiction. But there's a level of um, like realism there. And I think that's what makes it scary a little bit. You know what I mean? Like that there's even 40 years later, it still rings true in society now. And we've covered a couple films that are like that, you know, and it's just interesting when, you know, something you'd think society would change a little bit, but obviously we're, you know, we're doomed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're, doomed. we're doomed. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed the score a good bit. I thought this one, it had a creepy synth tone at moments and some interesting uh melodies i can't like off the top of my head like how many of them but um i i liked it it definitely mm -hmm. fit the mood uh i thought i i i liked the um the writing i thought was really great i liked the premise of the film i thought it's a really great premise and the fact that its themes are still relevant is really impressive to me uh i think they're more so relevant now almost than they were in 83 I think because we have more of the things that they're saying in this overstimulation, more technology, everything's in in our palms now. We don't have to sit in front of the TV. We take the TV with us, you know, I go sit on the toilet right now and look at the TV if I want, you know, uh, this manages the hallucinatory vibe. I thought really well, too. Like there's moments where they don't go overboard with it, but there's moments if you start breaking it down, you could be like, well, is he even is this real? Is that not real? Like I said to John before, I don't think there maybe were tumor guns. That might have just been the suggestion that he was seeing, but he did have a gun and he shot convex with it and killed him. And maybe that reason that you hear convex over the mic still suffering is because it's just bullet wounds. Really, they're not. He didn't actually explode from tumors. That's just for us, the audience. And for, you know, uh, what's his name's character? But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe it is new flesh. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I think the acting I thought was all really well done, too. I thought Woods was really good as Max Rain, um, Ren. And I really like Debbie Harry, even though, you know, she's not an actress per se, I guess, um, or an actor. I thought they had pretty good chemistry, though. And I liked I liked our villains, too, and like our allies, if you will. Uh, the acting, I thought, I, like I said, I thought it was really well done. I thought Woods was really good. Debbie Harry was great. I thought Max, um, 
Um, I mean, I'm sorry, Oblivion and his daughter. I really like them. And even Barry Convex. I, I thought they were all pretty interesting characters. You don't get a ton of them all, but um, I did like the, the different players in this movie. Even Harlan. I thought Harlan was kind of a cool character. Interesting. Uh, I like the runtime. I think it's pretty, pretty swift. It's a, the film respects our time, in my opinion. And it gets the job done narratively, though, with that short time, um, which is, you know, impressive. Uh, There's some really good gore, like some cool gore moments. I think some of it looks a little dated, but I don't care. Like, I understand. It looks still pretty good. You know, like the whole like like the hand, it's like really wet looking. It looks weird. Like, why would his hand? I guess he's sweating. I don't know. I'm just thinking they make it wet because it looks better on on camera, probably. But looks less fake maybe if it looks like it's got some moisture to it um mm-hmm. and i do really like the ending i think the ending's cool and it kind of leaves a head scratcher where you're just like sort of like well what happened i don't know is there another level is there more flesh new flesh yeah. i don't know <laughs> is it shiny and new i don't know uh some cons that said some of the gore does look a little dated like i said it's just minor gripe though I think even though the film is relatively short, there are a couple moments, I think, where there is a little bit of lag in the film's pacing. But like we're becoming embroiled in this, like in the film's intrigue at that moment, too, slowly. So I like I kind of forgive it because it's they don't want to like rush you into everything. So there's moments where the film is has a slower pacing to it, but it's OK. I don't mind anyway. It's more like a slow build, I guess. I do wish this film sort of set up its players a little bit better, though. Like, I wish we spent a little bit more time because I do think they're interesting. I think the the Oblivions, Convex, Nikki, Max, and even Channel 83, I think, could have all been developed a little bit more. I think you'd have to make this probably a little bit of a longer film, but there's a lot to dig in there. And we could have had a, 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 a juicier story, I think, too. I like the story that's here, but I think it could have been a little bit juicier, too. Like, if we had seen more of the day-to-day of Channel 83 or, like, harlan or maybe convex's guys getting into max's stuff like i don't know a little bit more to figure out it would have been cool but overall i think it's a great film um all those minor gripes that's they're just that they're minor gripes i don't know man i had a hmm i'm trying to think of where exactly where i want to put this uh yeah i'm gonna give daddy cronenberg's video drum i think i'm gonna give it nine out of ten kimono dildos <laughs> just to make sure i heard that right kimono dildos right yeah okay i just wanted to make sure it wasn't komodo like komodo no. dragons i had it at like uh 8.75 sort of but that's like basically a nine anyway mm-hmm. and i wasn't sure even if like maybe that was low so i was like sort of like well i'll just leave it there for now and see where i want to i don't know it's a very interesting film and this is like the second or third Second time, maybe I've seen it. Third, maybe tops. I think second. And so I can only see it probably get better on a third watch. Maybe not necessarily better, better, but like more interesting. More, I might even notice some more stuff going on. So what about you, Jack? Yeah. Oh, me? Okay. Yeah, well, um, just in case yeah, you got to run again or something. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, my life. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. There's so much that I love about this film. I find it to be so imaginative. And I actually agree with you, Hyderberg, when you said that it's actually scarier now because 40 years ago, what it seemed to be predicting or warning against Uh or just imagining or speculating on seemed like distant future, if ever. Like it seemed like, you know, impossible, right? And yet now it's all too real for us. And so I think this movie has just gotten scarier 
over time. I, I think, I don't know if he was really predicting anything, if he like envisioned that like this was the way that technology was going to go for humans or if it was just his imagination saying like, hey, what if this happened? But um, but either way, it, it has come to be. Mm. <laughs> and I think that makes it deeply unsettling um, the further time goes on. And I have a feeling that like 20 years from now, it's going to be even worse. Mm. I just want to uh, say, Elon, long live the new flesh. Just <laughs> I'm sure Elon is all about it. But um, yeah, I think this is a really ambitious movie. I think it's a movie that really kind of reaches for the stars. And I'm not sure it always quite grasps the star. Mm. I find it there's something about it that makes it hard for me to like remember all the details about it. You know what I mean? I've seen it several several times and yet every time i watch it i feel like i have forgotten the entire second half and that's not a criticism of the movie i think it's just there's there's something about it that is complicated that's difficult for my brain to like fully grasp onto and so um the first half i always remember very clearly but the second half for some reason it gets a little like fuzzy but um i guess on the positive side it's it's like i get to re-experience it every time but it also means i feel like i have to figure it out again every time does that make any sense mm-hmm. um so but in a way that's exciting you know it's like oh there's always something new for me to unravel or something that, oh like oh yes i remember this part but oh what is i i don't i don't like what does this mean like who said this and who who's controlling this and so it's it's a layered it's a layered watch it is uh, I agree about the performances. I actually really like James Woods in this role because he's kind of smarmy, but not mm-hmm. too smarmy. Like, I think at heart, he's like a decent guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. Um, like, just he's into like some weird shit and he's like, you know, trying to get a hold of some really tasteless stuff just f- for the benefit of his TV channel. But at the same time, like, I do think he's basically a decent guy like when he sees nikki burn herself he's like no nikki don't you know and he seems very like concerned at that moment he's like don't don't um and he begs her not to go on videodrome like he knows that it's dangerous and he begs her not to do it and so there's like he walks a good line there where he's just smarmy enough that you believe him as as this kind of showrunner for this um you know little local channel but he's not so smarmy that you kind of lose your ability to connect with him or kind of root for him because i feel like we're all max wren in this movie like we've talked about how the corporation and the oblivion you know contingent neither one of them is like really good and i feel like we're kind of in the shoes of max wren the whole time just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and like figuring out what's real and what's not. And so I feel like, you know, we're he's able to be like a stand-in for us as the viewer. So I think that really works. Um, I think he and Debbie Harry have great chemistry together for the little amount of time they have. I actually also think that he and the actress who plays Masha have great chemistry together. I like their interplay when he's like, she's like, well, you have to be really nice to me if I do this for you. And he's like, well, we could take a shower sometime. She's like, I'm sure you'd be beautiful, but you're a little old for my taste. And he, you know, it's that kind of dynamic between a younger yeah, man a and cougar. an older woman that's like playful and like a little bit maternal, but also kind of has sexual tension to it. It's I, I don't know. I just I find it delightful. Uh, I think that something that's really unnerving about this movie is like how meta it is. Like mm-hmm. this is a whole story about 
you know, consuming media through a TV and it causes cancer and it causes hallucination. And like, what the fuck are we doing right now? We're sitting there watching this movie on a TV screen. And it's just uh, like, that's just kind of a brilliant thing. And it almost makes it better for like home viewing than a theater viewing. Although I have seen it in a theater before, which is pretty rad. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I think because you're watching on a TV screen in particular, like that's a better viewing experience than a movie screen just because of that meta factor, which is like pretty cool, but also like upsetting. <laughs> like, oh, dear. You got to watch it on one of those old TVs with the wood around the sides. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, like a console TV, I yeah. think is what they call them. In 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, this just this hits on themes that really interest me. I find the whole concept of like the advancement of technology and the fusing of human with the human with the technical, that is very interesting to me. And just Cronenberg's style to me, like it's just really um exciting and stimulating to me. I won't say I'm overstimulated, but it is very stimulating to my brain. Like it really excites my brain. Mm-hmm. Um I, I just really enjoy the, the striking imagery. Heidelberg, you mentioned the gore. I agree with all of that. It's like there's a there's a lot of really memorable stuff in this movie. I think it is really making some interesting statements that are that are really um prescient. And so I feel pretty much the same way as Heidelberg. I'm gonna give it nine out of ten kimono dildos. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> AKA dildos wearing kimonos. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Don't all your dildos wear kimono? Mine are like uh those little Russian nesting dolls. Oh my yeah. They just, oh, there's just a there's, so is that like there's a dildo within a dildo, or you just never find the dildo? It's like I an, just <laughs> wanted to pick that so we can get very a laugh end. out of this. Oh to be honest, God, I picked dude. it on the fly. I originally oh, had it as Manny Packs. <laughs> uh, I, I like kimono dildos better. Yeah. Um, no, they they actually nest inside of each other. I have multiple different sizes, and oh, you just nice. open so one you and you find another together, one. You get the biggest one. That's like one of those yeah. Russian dolls. You pull it out, and there, mm-hmm. there it that's is. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So nice. that's, now you know how I roll. All right, John, yeah. what's your review? <laughs> yo yo yo. Um, again, guys, this is you can go all the way from Idris Elba to Simon Pegg if you want. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I'm kidding. Sorry, John. Um, it is my first time watch. Um, I know we don't get political on this show, and I do not agree with James Wood's political views and the way he feels about things. However, James Woods is a fantastic actor. Um, he does portray, and Jacqueline, he touched on it a little bit where he's like smarmy and, and yeah, he does you know, that this, really well. This macho asshole thing, but man, the ending just kind of like brings it all together. And I think it's fantastic. I was going to go so low on this movie. Really? Uh, you can go however you want. Yeah, whatever you want to do, man. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Uh, Nikki, Deborah Harry's character. I've never seen that. I've never seen that in an 80s movie. I think we're more progressive now, so you see that more often. And uh, Jacqueline, you mentioned meta, being meta. And I think that's what it does. And, you know, I I think the obvious look of this movie, the first time watch, is that it is so meta. Like, this is what we're going through right now. You know, we're we're so consumed with technology and everything else like that. We brought up that. Elon Musk thing of of being cyborgs, you know, a phone attached to our hands. Um, The gore was fantastic. Um, The one thing that really caught my attention in this is, after thinking about it, is that there is 
there's antagonists. That's all it is, you know, and James Woods is our protagonist, you know, and I think that that uh, the Nikki character is kind of that buffer of, you know, bringing him back and forth, you know, to these two different worlds. But I love that. I, I, I think it's just because it's it's ambiguous, but it's not, if that makes sense, where it's just like you don't know. You don't know what's really, really going on here. So, you know, I was going to start this at a six. Um, I'm bringing this up and I do want to watch it again, but I'm going to, I'm going up a point and a half. I'm going to go a 7.5 out of 10 uh, Komodo dildos. Komodo dilders. (laughs) Why is that funnier? (laughs) You want to change it to dilder? Dilder. (laughs) Komodo dilder. No, I mean, and like I'm gonna you make say, that I, my new handle. I, That's gonna yeah, be my I, new gamer builder. tag. Komodo no, I, Builder I, has Komodo entered builder, the chat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you guys, you guys, you guys brought up the gore. You know, the gore is fantastic. Rick Baker, fucking, you can't go wrong with that guy. Um, it just yeah, he really good. saves it all for that last scene too. But I think all of it's impressive, actually. I mean, I think I remember seeing something about the the way they had to make that tape thing work. It was really difficult. I, it it brought, looked like it was breathing. It brought, it, it, you know, it brought a sci-fi giallo feeling to me. You know, I, I think because we did Malignant, and I think if Malignant kind of would have leaned more towards this way, it would have been a better movie. Interesting. Mm, that's interesting to think about, actually. Mm-hmm. They went a different way with Malignant, for sure. Well, I know. And James Wan, it, uh, the way, well, maybe it's just the way that the press got a hold of it and said, oh, yeah, this is like the new genre. Yeah, but like Cronenberg is just so much more nuanced than... No, understood, understood. Yeah, and I'm not trying to compare the two, but again, you know, this felt more giallo sci-fi to me. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I I just, I I feel that that this blended the two like so much better. Mm. Yeah. Um, Mm. Cinema Slab... Anna and Hannah and uh, Hunter, they covered the thing recently. I was just listening to their conversation, and Anna had a funny, uh, uh, like a, a fun theory to think about of just imagine, if you will, uh, if if Cronenberg had been given the thing and he did David Cronenberg's the thing. Like, imagine what that would Whoa. be. That would be more successful than Carpenter's, just based on his name or like the audience that came into with his films, because he was seen a little bit maybe different at, as a filmmaker. Mm. Than Carpenter was maybe mm-hmm. at that time, because uh, that movie did flop been more as much successful. as we hold it up. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a good. Film. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that because he had the fog before this movie thing. was a flop. Yeah, mm-hmm. was it really? This movie's like, yeah, I want to see people rushing out to see this. Movie. It's pretty you know, avant garde, I would yeah. say, um, and yeah. it did not recoup its budget. No, nah. it's really hard to find. Surprisingly, um, hmm. is it? Yeah. It yeah, is. I just thought that was a fun thing to think about, like yeah. how the thing would turn out if Cronenberg had done it. I mean, that's like that's like an alternate universe that's hard to imagine, yeah. but I yeah. you know it's kind of a fun experiment. Yeah, um, real quick, uh, Hydroberg, I meant to um, echo something you said about the score. I love um, the score in almost every Cronenberg movie, and usually it's when his composer is Howard Shore, which I don't know if he's ever had a movie scored that wasn't by Howard Shore, mm-hmm. but um all of his best movies have score scores by shore and there's always like a very sort of like grand operatic sort of element 
to the scores that make everything feel like very like a sense of gravitas, mm-hmm. like something mm-hmm. heavy urgency is or something. Here. Yeah, it's like it's like very serious. Like there's like a serious tone to the music, and um, I agree. I like the synthy quality of the score here. It 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 kind of feels in harmony with the like tech technological themes here like we want it synthy we don't want it sounding like acoustic or anything yeah. like that um and the hallucinatory sort of vibes that this yeah has. yeah there's there's just sort of a like an almost synthetic quality to the um to the music that matches i think some of the themes of the movie but yeah there's always like howard shore's scores that like they always seem to be in a minor key and like there's just like a sense of gravitas to them that feels like befitting of like something yeah urgent or something very like sinister Mm -hmm. happening um the score for the fly is absolutely fucking incredible um Mm -hmm. and i i think this this one is no different i think it's it's not too obtrusive like it's i think it's sparing but it's it hits hard when when he does employ it so i just wanted to compliment that as well yeah, and, and I disagree with you guys because it didn't hit me because I was so focused on like what was going on around. I didn't. I guess I didn't hear the score. I, I well, that's okay. You were trying to pay attention to a lot of things. Like yeah, that's was, a lot. That's this is a, this earlier, is like a, a heavy first time watch. I think I like mm-hmm. the score, but I do think it sort of kind of played in the background. Like it didn't. It didn't. Not like I said. I couldn't hum it necessarily if I had to, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, the score to say like Halloween, but there's definitely, I thought it fit the film. Well, like I definitely thought, and none of it ever took me out of the film. Like I always felt, but yeah, I, I could see why you didn't like notice anything overall. There's no track on in general where I'm just like, that's yeah. the fucking but, track. Yeah. It's not a knock on the score. It's just, it, 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 it kind of went over my head just because I'm trying to focus the movie... on the yeah, I think if you had seen the movie three or four times, your mind would be a little bit more relaxed and you would probably notice mm-hmm. things like that more. But I think at this point, you're just trying to figure out what the fuck was going on, if I'm Agreed. not mistaken. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I agree 100%. So, you're still thinking uh, about yes. that, that dilder. The d- <laughs> he, was st- he was still thinking about that dilder. <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right. You guys want a little bit of trivia? Yeah, mm-hmm. I expected there to be a ton for some reason, and there, mm. there wasn't. But um, there's, you know, a fair amount. Um, three different endings were filmed. The ending used was James Wood's idea. I would like to know what the other ones were, but oh well. Um, Damn, they were filmed and everything. That wow, that that's a great choice though. James Wood's idea. Yeah, interesting. I still feel like I need to like meditate on that ending a little bit more, but I love this fact. I find it hilarious. David Subuchi, who appears here briefly as a Japanese porn dealer later became a minister in the Ontario provincial government. <laughs> his appearance in this controversial controversial film as a uh-huh. pornographer was exploited by his political opposition. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't vote for him. He likes porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what they said, yeah. I guess. Raise your uh, hand if you don't. <laughs> crickets around here. Um, three out of three. The majority of the trailer was created with a Commodore 64 computer. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a, that's a blast from the yeah. past, if there was one. Uh, let's At the time, see. it was Kids, cutting edge. A Commodore used to be the old style computer you sit on your yeah. desk, and it's all green and black. That's all. Mm-hmm. Was that there when the go. keyboards were attached? Mm-hmm. They were like part of the, like, <laughs> yeah, <they're> part <laughs> <They> of <were. laughs> on some of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
the TV station Civic TV is patterned after City TV, a Toronto te- television station that showed softcore porn as part of its late night programming. Wow. One of Max Ren's partners is called Moses, a reference to City TV founder Moses Znamer. So I actually love that fact. And I have to say, I love the city, the Civic TV logo with like the repeating mm-hmm. uh, logo in different colors. I kind of want like a T-shirt with that. It looks very 80s so to me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during the, <laughs> you'll like this. During filming of the cathode ray mission sequence, the film's gaffer, Jock Brandis, walked in and casually informed the crew that the power lines to the building were smoking because of the load imposed on them by the TV sets. Damn. A <laughs> little, little too much. A little too much. TVs. This was so interesting. I wonder what you guys will think of this. Andy Warhol called this movie Clockwork Orange of the 80s. Hmm. Okay. Give me a thought. No, hold on. Yes, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting one. No, I kind of love that because Clockwork Orange was a mind fuck too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also about conditioning. Yeah. Yep. And like yeah. feeding your psyche with images of like images, sex and violence yeah, that and what that manifests mm-hmm. in your and tr- Yeah, physical. However, yeah, it, well, it's no more matter, like your behavior. Like that one's yeah. more about the behavior. This is like and then you physical, get sick. So yeah, yeah. no matter no, no matter what happens, you revert back to your old self. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Um. Oh, I was wrong before. It's not um Oblivion who is inspired by Jim Baker. So that kind of like ruins the little theme I was building there. But oh, <laughs> it, was, no. it, was, it was Barry Convex who was inspired by Jim Baker. Oh no! It, is that the guy? The that, other that, way around, though. The other guy seems more of like a evangelist. I know. So, like yeah, the other way made yeah. more sense to me, but oh yeah. well. I, is is that the guy that cried on? I have sinned, and like yeah, he's yeah. got the tears. Yeah. And his wife had the makeup, and the you know Tammy uh-huh. Tammy Faye. That's Tammy right. Faye. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this was interesting. I don't anybody in out there who's interested in special effects. This is pretty cool. Um, for the breathing screen effect. A film camera shot footage. A, fa- a film camera shot footage of a TV screen playing a video of Debbie Harry. Get your mind around that. And then the film was rear projected onto an inflatable rubber chamber inside the television so that it could like stretch mm. and breathe. That's rad. Yeah. Um, ultimately, the effect became a collaboration between the makeup department, physical special effects, and video. As Rick Baker tells it, the assumption was that a special effects makeup artist could just do anything the script called for. He says, I got the script for Videodrome and it had all this crazy ass stuff in it. And I was like, how the hell am I going to do this? They just like (laughs) assumed he could do it. And he was like, um, uh, so yeah, in the Criterion, um, bonus audio interview with Baker, he, he described Videodrome as one of the strangest assignments I've ever had, but he figured (laughs) it the fuck out. Yeah, he did. How could he stretch somebody's face out like that in American Werewolf from London and not do it with the TV? Yeah. Uh, The videotapes they get shoved into Max's stomach or Betamax tapes, VHS tapes were too big for the slit that was created by... Hey, y'all remember Betamax? That's why we got rid of Betamax. That's why VHS won, because Betamax was easily used to to control uh, people control people so i need something that's not going to fit in that so are blu-rays bob blu-rays bob (laughs) blu-rays will fit yeah uh an epilogue whoa (laughs) crack your ass wow (laughs) an epilogue was planned but never filmed in it Ah. max wren bianca oblivion and nikki brand appear on the set of videodrome 
Bianca and Nikki are shown to have chest slits, the little like vaginas in their chest of mm. their own, from which emerge strange mutated sex organs. This concept was also used in one of Cronenberg's earlier films, Rabid, but the scene was scrapped along with many others due to cost overruns as well as bad timing. Debbie Harry had the flu and James Woods was visiting relatives and just the sheer difficulty of executing all these um, special effects. It was just too much. So a number of other um, complicated special effects were dropped. So that was for the epilogue? like Yeah, yeah that was for like an ending that never got They're going to show them filmed. in the dungeon. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Interesting, again, kind of about this similar effect. The chest slit sequence for that, James Woods was built into the couch with like a chest apparatus glued onto him. Oh, so it's not really wow. his chest. He's in yeah, yeah. the he's in the yeah. couch, which I yeah, think is kind of funny. He's in the couch, yeah, and then he's got the thing on front of him. So yeah, and it was like around with it. Yeah, it was like glued onto him because he like he reaches his hand pretty far in there, and I was wondering, I was like, how is he getting that much of his hand? Because mm-hmm. I assumed it was like just a makeup prosthetic on his real body. I was like, how mm-hmm. the fuck is he getting like wrist deep in that thing? Don't clip that either, please. And <laughs> episode two hundred, and now deep. we know. Now we're we know uh, we're getting he... rest deep on episode two hundred. This is high. Damn, damn. <laughs> Cut above is about to start now. No, I was kidding. Jacqueline, you have two <laughs> tonight. Well, I don't even remember what the other one. Oh yeah, if there's a, if the whole show up, I'm gonna. I could have all in my stomach. I would stick something in it. <laughs> I stand. I stand by what I said. Anyway, yeah, it makes sense. Um. Anyway, so it was glued onto him, and he said he would never do anything again that required things to be glued on him. It sounded like hell. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Yeah. So, uh-oh, what happened to this image? Uh-oh. Sorry. Uh-oh. My phone just did you something. You just got okay. I got video drummed. Um, just, so this movie was distributed by Universal Pictures, which was um, Cronenberg's first movie to get distributed by, like, a major studio. Um, and it was also the highest budget of any of his films to date. Um, it's a $5.9 million budget. It only recouped $2.1 million. Mm. so that's not good um but it did get praise from critics um critics like the special makeup effects cronenberg's direction james woods and debbie harry's performances the tech they call it techno surrealist aesthetic and it's cryptic psychosexual themes so that's what critics liked but i think it was just maybe too avant-garde for like the average theater goer but i i think you know it's kind of a classic now i think this is a classic film i dig it agreed yeah i dig it too so that's all i got Nice. Yeah. So that's it for Videodrome. We did it. I didn't know we if did it was going to happen tonight. But uh, John, <gasps> you get a pick next week. Oh, Are you so excited? Yes. Yay. I'm so happy for you. All right. Why don't you tell the people what your pick is for next week? I have no idea. Oh, what? <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I got think it. about it. <laughs> Uh, since we are wrapping up the year and, uh, happy holidays, everybody, depending on what you celebrate. Um, we are going to like with my pick, we're going to wrap up the year with, uh, something new that came out this year, uh, VHS 85 from Shudder and we are keeping it eighties. Um, I'm not going to say this is awesome, but this is a better, We'll save it for next week. Don't don't yeah, give right. well, don't, it, don't it's, give it's away better. No. Recommendable, it, it, it sounds like. It, it is recommendable. Don't give away the to... milk. Make them buy the cow. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. It's better than what we've gotten in the past with VHS. But yes, the, it continues. It's successful. So we're going to watch VHS 85 next week. Cool. I haven't I seen that one yet. All right. I assume it's on Shutter. 
It is. It is on Shutter. Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. So go watch that. In the meantime, if you want to share your thoughts about Videodrome with us uh, and tell us about what you like to stick in the slits that appear on your chest, you mm-hmm. can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on X at cut above horror. Oh, uh, yeah. If you want to send me pictures of your Manny Pack uh, on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> cut totally thought you were going to say something else, though. Mm-hmm. A cut above dot horror underscore review or any, you know, any uh, kimono dildo stories or whatever you want to share. Them. Yep. How do you dress up your dildo? Tell us. Yeah. Or hide it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, run Facebook <laughs> as well. A cut above colon horror review. And we would love those five star ratings on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you listen to us on your podcast. Thank you so much. We love you. Happy holidays. And if real quick, if I could just plug, uh, go check out Cinemigos if you guys uh, like other films that are not horror related. Um, Mm -hmm. It's another podcast that I'm on with uh, John and Rob. And uh, it's good time to be like, not not this John. Not Not this John. John. A different different John. John. Yeah. He spells it differently, though. So he He does. does. That helps. And he listens to our show. Yeah. By the way, go check it out. Dirty Harry. Appreciate that. Fucking awesome. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Well, let's all watch VHS 85 and meet back here uh, next week. And keep it creepy.